Will we see another 101 shocker tonight? Are the running backs about to tumble for the second straight evening? And how will the pros handle a former main event champ in the middle of their draft? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our pick-by-pick analysis as we call the action from the 2020 FFPC Pros versus Joe's Skinny Pete League Number 5 to see who will win a 2021 FFPC main event team. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts listening around the world tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. He is the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight we have the fifth of six special episodes for you. It's the Pros versus Joe's Skinny Pete League number five draft tonight, and we will be covering it for its duration. Follow the live draft board at youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, and give us a call if you want to tonight to uh, chime in, talk about the draft, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. And, of course, you can post any questions you might have right in the Blog Talk Radio chat room. HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is where to reach us. If you have any questions that you want to send in to us there, our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce will be monitoring those. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails throughout the show tonight remember if you want to jump into the ffpc main event and try to win a half million bucks uh you and you're already in you can get four hundred dollars off each additional team whether you're drafting live at planet hollywood or whether you're drafting online in the comfort of your own home or somewhere else quite frankly we don't care where you draft online you do it at home you do it at work you can do it at the local watering hole wherever um, make sure that you are getting those additional teams at myffpc.com. All right, pros versus Joe's number five. Here is the lineup tonight. Kicking things off from the one spot, it is John Daigle from Roto World, Mark Dinnerman, and Dan Fisher, four-time main event and Football Guys Players Championship uh, league winners. They are in the two spot. Former co-host of this show, or fill-in co-host at least, Draft Sharks Matt Schaaf in the third spot. Uh, Jared Hassan and Jackie Dunk, former FFPC main event league champs, are cleaning things up at the four spot. Mike Leone from Establish the Run is hitting fifth. Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio, the uh, three-time main event and Dynasty League champs in the FFPC, are drafting six tonight. Our good buddy from player profiler, Matt Kelly, is in the seventh spot. 
Uh, a career FFPC main event $10,000 winner, Sal Esposito, is the FFPC Joe in the eighth spot. Nelson Sousa from Numberball, the 2016 FFPC main event champ, or co-champ, I should say, with David Hubbard, is in the ninth spot. Bip Blab Mandel and Kern Reeve, longtime buddies, and they have 35 football guys, main event, and Dynasty League championships combined under their belt. Look out for those guys in the 10 spot. Fantasy Points, Graham Barfield, the final pro participating tonight. At the 11 spot, Eric Young and Keno Moss, uh, former guest of this show, seven-time FFPC main event and football guys league champs are uh, in the 12 spot, Dave, and we are already through round one. Let's get to it. No shocker tonight at the 101. It is indeed Christian McCaffrey going to John Daigle after we saw uh, Robbie Russell taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at the one last night. Uh, We do not see that tonight as McCaffrey goes at the one spot. Saquon Barkley to Dinnerman and Fisher here at two. Uh, Alvin Kamara to Matt Schauf at three. Maybe uh, Matt Schauf listens to the show. As I have said over and over again, I would take Kamara over Elliott this year. He I'm sure does that's that. it. Yeah, I'm, I have no doubt. But by the way, Matt Schauf um, dialed in as far we talked about the four for four projections. The Draft Sharks have uh, award-winning season-long projections. Matt Schauf knows what's going on. Very nice. He's totally on board with Alvin Kamara at the three spot. Uh, Hassan and Duke take Ezekiel Elliott then at the four. Dalvin Cook to Michael Leone from ETR at number five tonight. Five straight running backs kick things off. It will be uh, a wide receiver in the sixth spot tonight as Paul Frio and Greg D'Antonio take Michael Thomas as the first receiver off the board. Clyde Edwards-Lair falls all all the way down to the 107 tonight to Matt Kelly. Matt Kelly from Player Profiler taking the rookie running back from Kansas City. Uh, Derek Henry to Sal Esposito uh, at the 108, followed by Miles Sanders to Nelson Sousa at the 109. No surprise there. If you follow Nelson on Twitter, uh, you know what a fan he is of Miles Sanders this year. Back-to-back tight ends, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Uh, Kelsey to Mandel and Reeve at the 10 spot, and then Kittle to Graham Barfield at the 11, and then Young and Moss take Joe Mixon with the final pick of the 12th round. And I'm, I'm, you know, as we get into this tonight, and and I think while you know this is the fifth night in a row, we're, or fifth not in a row, but this is the fifth time we've been doing this. There's obviously certain similarities, and it's difficult to pick up on individual things. But I think the the question. Uh, that I want to ask you first tonight, Dave, which, by the way, how are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, Clyde Edwards-Lair, 101 tonight, 107 tonight. Um, if you were drafting, where where does he lie? I mean, is he a top-tier running back? Is he in that Mixon, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry next tier? Where would you be selecting Clyde Edwards-Lair, if even the first round, if you were drafting this year? Uh, that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I... I probably would stick him. Man, it's tough. I have. I, I think I like Mixon and Henry just a little bit better, and maybe a hit with, and then putting him a little bit ahead of Miles Sanders, or they're very close. So that's kind of where I would have. Sort him. of like the one-two turn, really. Yeah, basically. Like near, kind of near the end of the end of the first. Semester. All right. Feel free to disagree with me here. This is my philosophy on this, and I understand that. The winner of this league will get a 2021 FFPC main event team. It's basically a $2,000 grand prize with the opportunity to turn it into $500,000. Or next year, Dave, I heard the main event grand prize is going to be $10 million. 
for uh, first place. Oh, really? no, no comment. Uh, no, I'm not leaking my source hey, on that one. Can't wait for the sponsorship from that, Bacardi to give us 9.5 Oh, it's million. not Bacardi, my friend. This, this is all bourbon related. This, oh. this is uh, the bourbon belt that, that is sponsoring it. In any event. Lots, lots of money there. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Um, Edwards Hilaire, to me, is a total pick to win. And for me, normally, like if I was drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship, the FFPC main event, and maybe you don't have this philosophy when you draft, I tend to be conservative early and then sort of open it up and then start swinging for the fences. So I am not going to be doing anything super um, outside the box in the first round. Historically, I haven't. I, I, I tend to go with more conservative steady eddies in the first round. Of, but tur- as, of tournaments? Of tournaments, yeah. But as we get deeper, then I start – I start elongating my swing, Dave. Uh, I stop looking for contact, and I start looking for that fence. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he could be a league winner. He could be a... Totally you know, he agree. Has, he has, totally I agree. Mean, he could be a tournament winner. I mean, he, you know, if you take him at 107, there's a chance he could, you know, score on, on the same lines as Christian McCaffrey. Now, there's a huge chance he won't. In fact, you know, probably a 95% chance he won't score in that range. But, I mean, there is that possibility, whereas you could make the argument that like Derrick Henry is probably not going to score 400 fantasy points. He just probably won't. Right. So, I mean, I, I think, I think that you are, you can swing for the fences in the first round and Hilaire is the type of player in a tournament that you are swinging for the fences when you take him. And, and, and I'm fine for, you're for, saying you wouldn't do that. Not that early. I, I'm fine with doing, you know, choices like that, maybe in the fourth, fifth, sixth. Why? Because I want to get, I want to get locked in points right away. Like, okay. So if I was at, for instance, this draft tonight, one Oh seven, and this is so how you're the, trying to win your league. You're not trying to win the tournament. Well, I mean, okay. So, so from, uh, from, from, uh, pros versus Joe's at, well, I'll tell you this. I don't, from football guys or main event, I don't think my philosophy changes in this particular instance tonight. If I was on at the seven pick tonight, Dave, and I was faced with, okay, the top five running backs, Michael Thomas are at the board. I'm probably looking at Travis Kelsey there, uh, because of the point and a half per catch, uh, because of the consistency, because he has Mahomes. I just feel safer with that pick right there and I don't think he's necessarily losing my league whereas I think maybe if I wait two or three rounds I don't I don't think I'm gonna get a guy with similar ceiling as Clyde Edwards-Alaire because that's why he's going in the first round but I feel like I could get some breakout guys type there uh type breakout type guys there which is why I go a little bit safer early on again I'm not saying you have to agree with me and by the way there's plenty of people who have won tens of thousands of dollars more than me that disagree with me but this is sort of my philosophy it, it has been successful in the past, also has been unsuccessful in the past, too. Uh, as we move on here into the second round, let's get to it. Josh Jacobs to Young and Moss at the 201. Devontae Adams slips tonight to the 202 to Graham Barfield. Kenyon Drake, also a second-round pick tonight uh, to uh, Kern Reeve and Biplab Mandel at the 203. Tyreek Hill, the second receiver drafted in the second round tonight. Uh, Nelson Sousa owns him at the 204. A pair of running backs off the board after that. It's Austin Eckler to Sal Esposito as he starts Henry Eckler. Right next to him, Matt Kelly also going uh, running back, running back. Edwards Alaire in the first, Nick Chubb in the second. The only team to start off receiver-receiver tonight is indeed Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio as he pairs, as they pair DeAndre Hopkins with Michael Thomas. So they go Thomas and Hopkins tonight in PBJ number five. Julio Jones off the board to Mike Leone after that. 
Aaron Jones to Jared Hassan and Jackie Dunk. I think that's the second consecutive night we've seen Julio Jones and Aaron Jones go at the 208 and 209 back-to-back respectively. Todd Gurley, your fantasy value has been rescued. No longer are you a fourth-round pick in the Pros vs. Joe's competition. He goes tonight in the second round, the 210 to Matt Schauff. Chris Godwin off the board after that to Dinerman and Fisher, uh, the FFPC Joes drafting in the two-hole, and then the first quarterback off the board to John Daigle tonight as he gets McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. I'm just remembering, Dave, um, McCaffrey and Jackson won me a lot of leagues last year. Did not necessarily – I think I got lucky with McCaffrey slipping in a couple of drafts to the the 102 or 103, but Lamar Jackson was like my ninth-round pick. Yeah, you're not going to see that this year. Well, clearly you're not. But you know that is. I, I really think that's an interesting, and I, I like the, I like the idea of going McCaffrey and Jackson. I just I think it's you you just bank so many points there that that's just such a it's just so nice. I mean, assuming that they both are in the realm of what they did last year, both you know last year was special for both of them. Uh, but even if they regress to the mean, as they say, fifteen percent, you know they're both going to really have great years, and it's just tough to make up those points on uh, at that at that, that range there with, with top running back and a top quarterback. Were you going to make another point, or is that what you wanted to comment on? Well, you know, the other thing I was going to say is that you know the Todd Gurley thing. You know, this is a kind of why I think it makes a lot of sense if you're a person person who drafts like ten to twenty football guys teams. It makes a lot of sense to spread them out a little bit. And so if you were drafting last week, you could have gotten Todd Gurley in the fourth, or, you know, in the late third, early fourth round uh, in some drafts. And now he, I mean, not saying that this is how it's going in everything, but he's crept back, you know, back up to where he was going before. And, you know, value ebbs and flows and, you know, players will ebb and flow as well. And uh, so I just think it's interesting that, you know, take a shot, draft your teams, not all at one time, not all in September, not all in late August, but uh, spread them around a little bit. And right now is a great time to be drafting. Yeah, it is a good time to be drafting right now to spread them around. I think is a smart idea here. We're going to spread things around in the third round with a lot of variation here. Four different positions go off the board. Leading things off is Mark Andrews, the number three tight end selected tonight. John Daigle goes back-to-back Ravens. Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Hook up. It is, um, reminds me of a fine T-bone steak, Dave, with how juicy that looks from the one hole. McCaffrey, Jackson, and Andrews. Patrick Mahomes after that to the 302. That is Mark Dinnerman and Dan Fisher right there. Uh, James Conner is off the board to match up as he is one of two teams to start off with three straight running backs, Kamara, Gurley, and now Connor in the third round. A.J. Brown to Hassan and Duke there at the 304, followed by Juju Smith-Schuster to Mike Leone from Establish the Run. Zach Ertz is once again the fourth tight end uh, selected tonight. He goes to Friel and D'Antonio here, the FFPC Joes in the sixth spot. Leonard Fournette to Matt Kelly as Matt Kelly goes running back, running back, running back to start. Edwards Alaire, Chubb, and now Fournette. A lot of touches, a lot of volume, a lot of carries, potentially a lot of catches there as well for Kelly in the seventh spot. Cortland Sutton off the board tonight to Sal Esposito at the 308, followed by David Johnson to Nelson Sousa, Melvin Gordon to Kern Reeve and Biplab Mandel, Chris Carson to Graham Barfield tonight, Allen Robinson to Young and Moss. And I don't know if you saw Graham Barfield before the draft tonight, Dave, but he is wearing a badge and on that sheriff's badge that he is proudly wearing it says chris carson draft slippage police he is making sure that chris carson does not slip in the draft tonight he takes him in the third round davey was a fifth round pick last night yeah that's pretty uh the, the the way he fell last night was just crazy 
So you, you saw Graham Barfield wearing this bad? No, nah, it's uh, <laughs> uh, trying to spice it up a little Very bit. Very nice. Uh, yeah, that, you know, if he likes him in that spot, it's interesting when you look at his fourth-round pick in a few minutes here uh, that uh, he could have he probably reversed him and it would have worked out the same. For what it's worth, Chris Carson has an ADP uh, in the FFPC Best Ball Slim over the last week. This is uh, roughly two dozen drafts here. Has an ADP of 312, so it basically got him at value tonight. And we want to thank Darren Armani not only for this FFPC ADP, but all the draft boards putting together the pros versus Joes every single year. You follow him on Twitter, at FantasyMojo. Check out his website, fantasymojo.com. It is a must for any FFPC drafter, and he will be using those tools in the Pros versus Joe's number six tomorrow night, the Macho Man League. Uh, Darren Armani will be drafting tomorrow. We'll uh, look forward to that. Cortland Sutton, let's talk about that pick a little bit. Now, Dave, I thought this was a, uh, according to ADP, I thought this was a reach, and indeed it was. He normally goes at the 505. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I th- now Sal Esposito obviously has won five figures playing in the FFPC main event before he knows what's going on I don't think I could have gotten on board with Cortland Sutton at the 308 tonight given that there were so many other re- receivers out there Dave I think this is the earliest we've seen him go in pros versus Joes this year he was the uh, ninth receiver off the board he does not scream top 12 tight end or it's top 12 receiver to me this year yeah I would have to agree with you um as we've kind of stated last night, I mean, wow, this, dude, you, haven't, you haven't gone through the fourth round yet. Not yet. We're going to get there. Wow, there's like the next four receivers taken are uh, really good even, values. Even, really good values. Even five, I mean, man, even five or six, next six receivers taken are pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Maybe seven. <laughs> yeah, it's, and they just keep on, keeps on going. Wow. That half of, that half of the draft really uh, yeah. up. Even Esposito did all right after reaching out. <laughs> after reaching That's on a Sutton. good point. <laughs> Flip his, his third and fourth round picks around, and, and, and it makes a lot of sense. What's the upside for Cortland Sutton, Dave, this year as you look at look into the digital crystal ball? Uh, is it 85 catches for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns? Is, is that his absolute ceiling? Because if he pays off on that, I guess it would make sense in the third round. I just I have a hard time believing that Drew Locke is going to be able to to make that happen for him, given the Noah Fant aspect, the Jerry Judy aspect, um, uh, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon. Now they did lose their starting right tackle for the season today, as Juwan James has opted out for the 2020 season. So I don't know, maybe that puts more of an emphasis on Drew Locke throwing the ball rather than being able to run it with Gordon and Lindsay. Oh, which by the way, I didn't even bring this up. I looked at a lot of my early drafts. It is insane how many leagues I went zero RB with Philip Lindsay as my number one running back. This, this, this year? Yeah, because it was before the Gordon thing. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. Lindsay, this is going to be great. No, it's not great. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, I got some work to do there. You know, you can, you know, with Sutton, it is his third year. Last year he had 124 targets, 72 catches for 1,112 yards and six touchdowns. Pretty solid. I mean, it's a good second year. And so then you look and, you know, someone goes from a second year to his third year, locks in a progress. So I, I can see the argument for Sutton having a, a good year. Um, there were other receivers I prefer in that spot, but you know, I, I and I, I like Jerry Judy as I've kind of explained a number of times. But I don't see Judy. You know, I still see Sutton as the number one on that team, at least for this year, for sure. And Fant is, you know, still a young, developing tight end. So I mean, I, there's a case to be made for Cortland Sutton. I just think that where he gets drafted is kind of about where he belongs. We were talking about, you know spreading your football guys drafts out or when the best time to draft their football guys uh, a team as Richard Mallon, who actually drafted in the pros versus Joe's last week, chiming in the YouTube chat right now saying that the best time to do a football guys draft is when the pros versus Joe's is live. Now I'm not certainly telling you to sign off and sign up for a, an FPC draft right now. 
or am I telling you that? <laughs> uh, you certainly could, but you could also wait till after the draft. Plenty of action. Uh, midnight draft tonight. A lot of chances to draft the football guys team. Richard Mallon, who's won a bunch of them, knows what's going on there. All right, so moving on to the fourth round here, the wide receiver round is the running backs dominated the first three rounds. Not so fast, my friend. And in the fourth round, leading things off, Kenny Galladay to Young and Ke- Eric Young and Keno Moss taking him at the 401. Jonathan Taylor off the board to Graham Barfield. He pairs uh, Chris Carson and Jonathan Taylor together as his starting backfield in rounds three and four. DJ Moore to uh, Biplab Mandel and Hudson Kern Reeve here at the 403, followed by Mike Evans to Nelson Sousa. Nice snag there by the 2016 main event champ. Odell Beckham to Sal Esposito. We were singing his praises before. Amari Cooper uh, to Matt Kelly from Player Profiler is his number one receiver. Devin Singletary is the number one running back drafted by Friel and D'Antonio here at the four. Oh, seven tonight. Sorry, my, my math was a little slow there. <laughs> Calvin Ridley to Mike Leone from Establish the Run after that to as his number three receiver. And interestingly enough, his second Falcons receiver is he owns Julio Jones. Dave, I wonder who he's going to be targeting at quarterback later on. In the yeah, we'll see. Uh, Adam Thielen after that to Jared Hassan and Jackie Dunk is their number two wide up. The number one receiver for Matt Schaus team is Robert Woods as he started off with three straight running backs. DeAndre Swift does not fall uh, the way he did last night to the sixth round. He goes off the board at the 411 tonight to uh, Donnerman and Fisher. And then DJ Chark is the number one receiver drafted by John Daigle from rotoworld.com. What do you make of his team, Dave? As the true rainbow start, a running back, a quarterback, a tight end, and a receiver. Chark is his number one wideout, which you normally don't like. But when you look at Jackson, McCaffrey, and Andrews um, on, on his team as well, it makes that Chark pick much, much, much more palatable. I, I've got no problems at all with the way his team's looking. Um, what was the other pick I wanted to talk to you about in the fourth round here? Oh, the Odell Beckham one with Esposito. You know what's funny about this? And I, I'm not here to rail on media um, because technically I'm part of it. But Sort of. Sort of. Um, <laughs> but I was trained in, in, in media. You are in media, just... I don't count this as part of the media. I'm not, I'm not like a, this is alternative media. This is like pump up the volume. No, I'm not just talking about this, but Christian like Christian Slater with his, uh, his ham radio or whatever. Right, yeah, exactly. Broadcast with. Anyway, did you know he was in an interview with the vampire? No. Yeah. I just found that out the other day <laughs> when I, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Odell Beckham. So he, you know, he made a lot of news today talking about the NFL is not ready for the season. Um, I'm fine with taking the year off or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is huge news. This could be the biggest opt-out, you know. And then I'm reading – so none of this is in the headlines of any of the – Where did you read? Where did, where did ESPN, CBS, okay. um, SleeperBot, actually. I got that uh, uh, app okay. update as well. All right. None of it in the headline was that this interview was done two weeks ago. These were <laughs> quotes that were two years old before, he, before he got to training camp. And, and, then, and now all of a sudden – Oh, Odell Beckham has no plans of opting out. You know, and this is after he got to training camp. It's like, oh, I think they kind of know what's going on and what we need to be doing here. Maybe I shouldn't opt out. And and so then I believe I I breathed a collective sigh of relief, Dave, with all the dynasty teams I own him on. He sounds he sounds like every Twitter user in the universe. Oh, right? that's yeah. how that that is apropos. On, on the yes. NFL, right? Yeah. Oh, the NFL has no idea what they're doing. It's funny when you when people make these comments, and then Joe Bryan every once in a while will pipe in and. and Joe Bryant with his very reasoned, rational response, like, oh, you know, why do you feel that way? Yeah. And then they'll kind of make a comment, and you'll go, well, you know, it seems to me like the NFL kind of has, you know, has their act together, and they're really working hard at this, and 
you know, and then, you know, there's not really, yeah. there's not an argument to be made for what they're supposedly doing wrong. Everyone just likes to be mad about. Right. Stuff. Exactly. And, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here and I'm not going to, but I will say this um, <laughs> as we branch out to other sports, um, you know, every time a baseball player tests, tests positive or has come in contact with somebody tests positive, you know, one player is like, Oh, that, well, that, you know, the Car- Cardinals had to shut it down. Just shut it down, Major League the Baseball. Season's over. What, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, like, it's like everybody wants it to fail. And, you know, Major League Baseball is trying to, you know, we went four months without sports. And, and in that planning, the, M- the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, they went full bore. And it's like, okay, how can we make this happen? Sure. And, and, again, I don't want to rail on media here, Dave, but every single Marlins and Phillies player that tested positive last week I, I was barraged by updates of that. <laughs> they resume their seasons tomorrow, both those teams. Yeah. And that's, I've those, heard nary a peep about yeah. that. And so in baseball, there's 32 teams? 30. 30. Okay. So they're, the 28 out of 30 have been completely successful. That's a nine. Well, I would, th- say, I would say 27 out of 30. Okay. So 27 yeah. out of 30, that's a 900 batting. Yes, yeah, a 900 batting yeah, average. Yeah. In baseball, that, that's pretty good. That's not bad. That is not bad at all. Um, yeah, so I, I think, you know, and we know we're going to get positive tests. It's going to be, I hesitate to use the word fun, but it's going to be a unique season. It's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a season of attrition. And it'll be, it'll be challenging in, in, a, in a lot of ways. In different ways. That, yeah. that we, For you know, players, people, NFL players and fantasy players. Yeah, and, and people, and from a fantasy aspect, I don't want to turn this into a whole thing here, but from a fantasy aspect, you know, people are, people always seem, at least a lot of people I took to, they're always like, well, you know, what's, what's the new challenge? What's, what's the new thing? What's the new way I can play, play fantasy football? And my answer to that this year is like, you don't have to look for a new way. This season is going to present a ton of challenges. The pandemic found you. It's going to challenge you uh, for your depth. It's, uh, we've seen it a lot of times in, in uh, the main event in the Football Guys Players Championship where you're awarding these half-million-dollar prizes. Some of these teams are not very deep. And they get lucky. Uh, well, I mean, certain amounts of luck um, right, the yeah. last three weeks of the season. They get Higby. I, mean, I do lucky. H- yeah, Higby was huge last <laughs> year. And and I just look at it from the standpoint. I don't think you can do that this year. I don't think you can fake your way into it. I think that this is going to be whoever wins this year, whoever wins a lot of money, you will have been talented for drafting, talented for lineup starting, and super talented on the waiver wire. And you know, roster construction as well. I mean, we made a conscious choice, you know, not we tried not to dumb down the main event and football guys players championship. We decided not to add IR spots and to add, you know, increased roster sizes because we felt it would dilute the waiver. Oh, God, waivers would be terrible. They would be terrible. Yeah. And um, so we feel that, you know, it's part of your job as a manager of your team. Well, it's a you, challenge. I wouldn't consider it a job, but well, it's, yeah, a challenge. You're, you're yeah. a challenge. it's part of yeah. your part of the competition, part of the journey, part of the competition, part of the skill. <laughs> You draft uh, Drew Brees' backup if you have Drew Brees as a starter. I mean, yeah. you, you carry two kickers. I mean, these are choices. Or do you carry an eighth wide receiver, that, you know, some, some guy that's not really ever going to probably start for you? I mean, those are choices you have to have and ha- you have to make. The choices that the PBJ drafters are making tonight are happening right before our eyes. Let's get you back into the fifth round here. After the chart pick, uh, Daigle goes back-to-back wide receivers. He from Roto World takes Terry McLaurin at the 501. Mark Ingram, the third running back selected. Uh, by Dinerman and Fisher at the three, uh, excuse me, 502 tonight. Tyler Lockett to Matt Schauf is his number two receiver. Cooper Cup to Hassan and Duke as their number three wideout to go with A.J. Brown and Adam Thielen. Le'Veon Bell, Dave, 
Slipping into the fifth round again tonight. Le'Veon Bell goes to Mike Leone there wow. as his number two running back at the 505. Is Cam, there some rumors I haven't been reading? No, nah, they just think it's Le'Veon Bell, man. You don't know what he's capable of. Cam Akers to Friel and D'Antonio there. Uh, DK Metcalf, number two wide out by Matt Kelly from Pr- Player Profiler. Evan Engram is the fifth tight end off the board tonight. A little interesting there from Sal Esposito. By the way, Esposito chiming in on the YouTube chat uh, that he's looking for comebacks from both Odell Beckham and Evan Ingram tonight. Those were his fourth and fifth round picks. I, I thought you were going to say he chimed in on the YouTube channel. Hey, Balky, pissed off on your Cortland yeah. Sutton comment. No, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> you two clowns can screw off. <laughs> I think he's too polite for that, but I'm sure he's thinking it. <laughs> Bachman agrees. Yeah, what the hell want. they're talking about? I like it. You know, Sal's got the great Italian name too. So give us some Italian. You know, talk smack. That's yeah, no, it's stuff. a fantastic name. <laughs> uh, Sal Esposito, forever nicknamed on the HSFF Hour as the nice guy Italian. <laughs> Kareem Hunt to uh, Number Balls Nelson Sousa, uh, the 2016 FFPC Main Event Champ. Uh, he goes as uh, uh, his number three running back there behind David Johnson and Miles Sanders. David Montgomery is the number three running back for Biplab Mandel and Hudson Reeve there at the 5'10". Marquise Brown, Hollywood, goes to Graham Barfield from Fantasy Points. And Tariq Cohen, the 5'12 tonight, to Young and Moss. Tariq Cohen, Dave, normally is, has an ADP in the FFPC best ball slims at the 804. Young and Moss. Maybe they know something we don't. By the way, Keno Moss, we had him on the show. He is indeed the tight end whisperer. We'll see what happens with the tight ends he selects tonight. Mm-hmm. If you are drafting in a tight end premium league like the Football Guys Players Championship or the main event, pay attention to who Keno Moss and Eric Young take at that last spot because they're probably bound to have a big season this year. Speaking of cool names, again, Keno Moss, another great name. It's a great name. Fantastic game. He's a fantastic guest on the HSFF hour a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, Tariq Cohen, I, I like him. I don't know if I like him like him. <laughs> you know, if, if somebody's passing me the note in class, Tariq Cohen likes you. Do you like him? And then I get the yes, no, maybe. Uh, I am checking the maybe box because at the 504. Are you flicking the paper? <laughs> no, what, did you do that? We didn't do that. Whatever. We just you folded it back about, up and passed no, it. No, you know what I'm talking about? The thing where you would. Uh, oh, that, no, that's the, that's the whole. Yeah, I don't know what that's called, but it's like, you know, where you put your fingers in and then you, you, open, you, it, you open it and close it like and open alien it. And alien. South Park did an episode on this. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what it's called, but we did do that. But that was not the whole, the whole like me thing. <laughs> I yeah. Know. Um, it just got me thinking about it. Yeah, no, it was it was bizarre. Like, you know, because – and I wasn't very popular when I was back in grade school. The you were only, popular in high school, though, right? No, nah, high school, yeah, it was cool because I actually got notes about, you know, oh, this is an actual girl that wants to know if, if, I, if I liked her. Back ah, nice. in grade school, it was, it was like the, the pet fish in the classroom. It was the Boy Scout leader. You know, Glubby <laughs> – no, it wasn't that. Glubby likes you. Do you like Glubby? check yes no or maybe and and that's the best i could get which was cool it was a weird time for me high school was great though i think grade school is a weird time for pretty much everyone for everyone yeah except you know you know it's not a weird time for it's not a weird time for a kid who has a brother who's like five years older than him and then him and is cool because then he just knows what's cool already you know what i mean so then he dresses well you know he dresses like someone five years older or whatever it's just so easy then and uh i didn't have that either i had (laughs) i have two younger brothers one of them was a year younger than me and um he was way smarter than me. He was. In, he is. But, but still is. He's not still better is. anymore. No, yeah, he is, he is way smarter than me. He is, I think he's still a much better athlete than me. He doesn't play team sports anymore. He's just basically running. Um, and uh, was much more successful with the fairer sex. 
And uh, he and so what? What was the precedent I was setting? I don't know. Dave, the bar was six inches off the ground for me, <laughs> and then he raised it for my youngest brother to a height that he couldn't uh, reach oh, in oh, any wow. event. But that's how it is. Getting back to Tariq, story. getting back to Tariq Cohen, Dave. It's interesting These that shows you get better. I think because we just stop caring as much about the actual. Yeah, I don't know if better is the right bit. modifier that I would use. <laughs> Uh, David Montgomery, Dave, different. In, in, yes, different is, is accurate. David Montgomery normally goes at the 409. Tariq Cohen normally goes at the 804. They are separated by two picks tonight. I don't think I like Cohen that much, but I do like his prospects this year. We kind of talked about Montgomery. At that spot for the value, are you taking Montgomery over Cohen and, and just hoping to hit on Cohen later? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would take Montgomery for sure over Cohen. I, I think that, you know, Eric Young and Keno Moss, I mean, they as you – if they had known the ADP, they probably would have waited and uh, let Cohen fall and had the probably 75, 70% chance that Cohen makes it to the 712, I'd say. If his ADP is 804, yeah, no, you're 70, right. 75, maybe take that risk. And, uh, but that's all right. I mean, hey, they, they, got, they got their guy, as you like to say, Balkan. Indeed, and they also got their guy in the sixth round as Young and Moss take Will Fuller as their number three receiver. Stephon Diggs and Keenan Allen after that to Barfield and then uh, Mandel and Moss, respectively. Raheem Mostert is the fourth running back chosen by Nelson Sousa. He gets Mostert tonight at the 604. T.Y. Hilton to Sal Esposito. Dak Prescott off the board to Matt Kelly tonight as the number three quarterback. J.K. Dobbins, back-to-back rookie running backs for Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio. J.K. Dobbins is the uh, 607 pick tonight. Ronald Jones, the third uh, running back selected by Michael Leone from Establish the Run. And then you have Darren Waller as the number six tight end off the board tonight. Darren Waller to Jared Hassan and Jackie Duke. Russell Wilson is the number four quarterback. Bit of an interesting selection there by Matt Schelf. Um, and it's going to get more interesting as we get into the seventh round. Russell Wilson is his number one quarterback. Devontae Parker uh, to Mark Donnerman and Dan Fisher, the four-time FFPC main event and football guys league champions. And then Mr. Higby, the guy that FFPC leagues will hinge upon this year. You love him or you hate him. Literally no in between. Uh, because if you hate him, you'll never get him. If you love him, you probably get him in most of your drafts, unless you have a fellow Higby lover. Tyler Higby off the board at the 612 tonight to John Daigle from Roto World, as he has quite the rainbow start here. Very interesting uh, start for uh, Mr. Daigle. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a pair of tight ends, a pair of receivers, and Christian McCaffrey. So fun times there for Daigle from Roto World as the winner of this will get a 2021 FFPC main event entry. Um, I'm I, not, let me just go ahead. About yeah. you know, I really wish if I, you know, if I was him, now granted, it's, it's easy for us to look at this retrospectively, but in the fifth round, he takes Terry McLaurin there. I would have really thought that Le'Veon Bell would have been a nice pick for his team. And then had he taken Bell in the, you know, let's say he takes Higby in the sixth, that's, if he chooses to do that, that's fine. And then the seventh, which uh, we haven't talked about, there's a receiver that went that he could have taken instead of Tevin Coleman, who I really like quite a bit. I mean, should I say who it is? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, so Tyler Boyd. I mean, he could have, so instead of having McLaurin and Coleman, he could have had Le'Veon Bell, you know, a bell cow running back in Tyler Boyd. I just don't think that McLaurin is – I honestly don't think McLaurin is even any better than Tyler Boyd, to be honest, as far as staff. Wow, goes. really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd had a fantastic year last year, and I think he's going to have another one this year. So I don't feel like those, that you know, a couple-round drop-off, I don't think is uh, – I, I just don't think there's a drop-off there. I'm just actually looking. This is with the McLaurin-Boyd discussion here. Terry McLaurin normally goes at the 508 uh, in, in these FFPC best ball slims. 
Uh, Tyler Boyd normally going at 708. So that's interesting that you that you think Boyd might have the better season and he's two rounds later. It's another reason to hold off and maybe go a different direction and well, hopefully I, get Tyler Boyd in like the sixth or the seventh then. Yeah, I mean, if you give me one second, I can just... I can give you more than one second here, Dave. Um, just as a recap, too, as, as, as Dave uh, uh, gets through this, um, after we have now made it through six rounds here tonight in Pros versus Joes, uh, League number five, we have had a total of seven tight ends off the board. We have had a total of four quarterbacks off the board. The rest has all been running backs and receivers. First two, three, ah, first three rounds dominated by running backs. Then you have uh, the rise of the receivers in the fourth. And then I would say it's been back to running backs after that, too, uh, for, for what we're looking at tonight. So, a lot of love in the chat room from both Blog Talk Radio and YouTube. If you're not in one of those right now, hop in. It's a lot of fun. Go ahead, Dave. So uh, as a rookie, uh, Terry McLaurin had 58 catches for 919 yards and seven touchdowns. You expect him to do better this year. And he says uh, Haskins is back as his second-year quarterback. Right. Um, Tyler Boyd had 76 catches for 1,028 yards and seven touchdowns, and that was probably his, like, fourth year or whatever it is. Um, you know, and he has Joe Burrow, who I, you know, I think is going to be a, at least as good as Haskins will be as a, you know, as a rookie. I think Burrow will be as good as Haskins is as a second-year quarterback. Right. I, I don't think I'm alone in that thinking. I think that uh, Burrow is drafted way before Haskins is, uh, and I think that Boyd has a higher floor. I mean, there's a chance that McC- I mean, McLaurin's going to command a lot of targets. I get it. But you're talking about this huge differential in, you know, 20-some picks or whatever. I think that Boyd's a super value comparatively. All right, let's get into this discussion real quick. First of all, to, to answer your uh, quarterback quandary, not that you have a quandary, but just pointing this out for the listeners, Dwayne Haskins normally going as quarterback 32 at the 1608. Joe well, effectively the last starting quarterback. Effectively, yes. Joe Burrow, quarterback 19 at the 1204. So about four rounds difference, but 13 quarterbacks go in between there. Um, do you, you can make the case. Dave, that Burrow has many more options in front of him than does Haskins in Washington. So you would think that McLaurin would receive probably a top five target share of uh, in the NFL this year uh, I mean, for all passing games. And defenses will also be t- be making sure to double team another good point. Him. Right? Will it make a difference when you are slinging the rock thirty times in the second half of every game this year, or do you not envision like what's the over under in Washington's wins this year? Four and a half. No, I'm sure it's higher than that. Really? Yeah. They're a pretty terrible team, dude. They, yeah. got the, they got the pass rusher from Ohio State this year. But, but I mean, I don't know. I, to me, it's, I'm like, I would say six and a half. But I mean, I can look okay. it up. It's fine. All right. I, I would take the under on that, but I, I get it. So, all right. So, but I mean, I'm, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you here. I think well, you got to make the argument. There's a lot of there's a lot of merit to drafting Tyler Boyd in the seventh round as opposed to Terry McLaurin in the fifth round. I can definitely get on board with that. Speaking of the seventh round, let's get to it here. The Tyler Boyd round, uh, the seventh round of the Pros versus Joes, number five tonight, sponsored by Tyler Boyd, your favorite Cincinnati Bengals receiver. When you need a first down, when you need a touchdown, and you're a Bengals quarterback, who are you looking for? Tyler Boyd. Check it out, tylerboyd.com, and look for him in the seventh round of tonight's draft. Back to you, Dave. Oh, we, we actually have to split the difference. It's five and a half, and they're plus 100, courtesy of Bet Online as of July 30th. Is that a U.S. But, but, I don't know. Sportsbook? But, but, uh, plus 100 on the over. So. It's actually trending towards the under five and a half right. a little bit. So yeah, who's your favorite to win that division? It's Dallas, right? You don't like Philly, do you? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's Dallas. I haven't. I haven't. 
I think about fantasy players. I don't actually think about you. Only have a few games. weeks before we're in Kentucky when you have to figure this stuff out. Well, that's for right. Real. They have a sports book. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I so you got you got about three I weeks. The, I got to go by their perspective. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Tevin Coleman leading things off here in the 701 tonight. Uh, John Daigle from Roto World takes him as his number two running back to pair with Christian McCaffrey. Hayden Hurst, double H, goes to uh, Mark Dinerman and Dan Fisher at the 702. Uh, Matt Schaaf does an interesting strategy here as he goes back-to-back quarterbacks. Russell Wilson in the sixth, Drew Brees in the seventh. Drew Brees, ladies and gentlemen, is the number five quarterback off the board. Matt Schaaf, love you to call in and tell us why you picked Drew Brees over Kyler Murray, who went two picks later to Mike Leone. Right before that, it was Marlon Mack to Hassan and Duke as their number three running back. Then goes Murray, then goes Boyd, as we talked about earlier. Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio taking him uh, at the 706 tonight. Darius Geis, the uh, Washington football team starting running back uh, at the 707 to Matt Kelly as his number four rusher. Deshaun Watson will be calling all the plays for Sal Esposito in the eight spot tonight. Number one quarterback there, Rob Gronkowski. Speaking of number ones, he's the number one tight end uh, to Nelson Sousa. Sousa goes with Rob Gronkowski, uh, codenamed Gronk at the 709 tonight. Deontay Johnson, third wideout drafted by Kern Reeve and Bip Lab Mandel there at the 710. James White and Michael Gallup. Wrap up the seventh round of action here. James White to Graham Barfield. Michael Gallup to Eric Young and Keno Moss there. Dave, what do you make of this Drew Brees selection by Matt Schaaf? You know, you had Kyler Murray. You had Deshaun Watson out there, guys that normally go ahead of Brees. In fact, if you look at the best ball slim ADP over the last week, Drew Brees is quarterback 12. He gets selected tonight as quarterback five. I'm not sure I can make a good argument for that. Well, you know, and I'm – Pretty sure that the other four pros versus Joe's drafts all had the same six quarterbacks going one through six, maybe not in that order, but it was Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, And then in some order, it was Wilson, Murray, Prescott, and Watson. And um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't quite get it. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure I do. I either. think he could, I mean, again, I think he could have picked up uh, somebody else and grabbed Breeze in the eighth. When is it, what's his ADP in the eighth? I mean, I, easily in the eighth. For right? Drew Breeze? Yeah. I think it's after that. Um, I'm like, 10 one at 10-1, so I think that easily in the eighth, he still could have grabbed Breeze. So that, that was not something he had to do necessarily. Listening to the Football Guys podcast on the way over to the studio this evening, I was listening to the New Orleans Saints preseason watch list, and it seems to – the scuttlebutt, Dave, seems to be from Saints beat writers that Taysom Hill is going to be working his way onto the field more and more this year at being groomed as a potential future quarterback there. And, you know, I love, uh, love to wait on quarterbacks, but if I'm going to draft one early – Dave, i got to get one that's out there for 100% of the time. Rather have Watson, rather have Murray, rather have a lot of these guys. You know, the fact that Drew Brees is, what, 41, 42 years old, and he's, you know, eyeing his NBC booth job next to Collinsworth and Michaels or whoever, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's a ballsy move, and you already had Russell Wilson in the sixth round. I I don't know if going with Drew Brees in the seventh is the best um, way to spend draft assets, but... Matt Schauff is an extraordinarily brilliant guy, so I'm, I'm going to check to the power on this one. Uh, I'm just uh, not a huge fan uh, of that pick. Would you be on board with Rob Gronkowski as your number one tight end in the uh, seventh round as Nelson Sousa is, Dave? Um, probably not. I, you know, I'd, yeah, I don't think so. I think, I'd be go- I think I would have gone with the tight end that went after him, actually. There fact, is, I'm sure I would have. Yeah, there is um, Rob Gronkowski as far as, where he normally goes. He's normally tight end 10 
in the eighth round. So to take him at, at the 801, by the way. So to take him at the 709 is tight end eight. I mean, we're picking at nits here yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but it makes sense that there's some upside there as well. Let's get into the eighth round here and, and kick things off with Darius Slayton. Uh, to Young and Keno Moss. Darius Slayton is the third straight receiver drafted by Young and Moss, the fifth overall. They are without. They are Sands tight end and Sands quarterback so far. <laughs> Be interesting to see how they fill yeah, in the cracks there. Jordan Howard is the fourth running back drafted by Graham Barfield here in the eighth round. Back-to-back quarterbacks after that. Josh Allen to Reeve and uh, Mandel as their starter. Tom Brady to Nelson Sousa after that. So he gets the, uh, the Tampa hookup there between Gronk. I was about to say the old hookup. It's the current hookup <laughs> with Gronk and Brady now in Tampa instead of New England. Nelson Sousa is a Patri- uh, Patriots fan, isn't he? If I remember correctly. I'm honestly, uh, I don't recall. I think he is. I could be wrong on that. Um, I know he's a Donuts fan. So maybe that just automatically makes him a Patriots fan. Over a not, not sure how, how that goes. Philip Lindsay, my uh, starting running back in so many leagues, this year, as Your I boy. discovered today, <laughs> so unfortunate. Salas Rosito drafts him at a, at a correct level here as his running back three at the 8.05. Matt Ryan is backing up Dak Prescott from Matt Kelly from playerprofiler.com. Hunter Henry off the board to Friel and D'Antonio is their backup tight end to Zach Ertz. I believe they are, yes, they are indeed the first team to draft a backup. Nope. Second team to draft a backup tight end. Sorry. It seems like a nice value for Henry. Yeah, it does. Uh, actually, I'm going to look that up right now, Dave. Hunter Henry, as, as far as uh, ADP goes over the last week, he normally goes at the um, 612. And so wow. tonight he goes 18, in, in, yeah, in the mid eighth round. Nice job there by Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio. That's so nice. To, I mean, to have Henry as your backup. I mean, that's just we're behind Ertz, it's just that's just the look. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks and feels nice. It, it does, and and consider this: they already had three running backs, and they already had three receivers. Yeah. It's not like they're lacking at other positions there too. Yeah, so that's super solid. Nice job there by Friel and D'Antonio. We'll get into more of that coming up in the second half of the show, which is basically kicking off right now. All right, uh, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, and Brandon Cooks, a trio of wide receivers, go off the board after that. Michael Leone takes Christian Kirk, A.J. Green to Jared Hassan and Jackie Duke, and then Brandon Cooks to Matt Schauf at the 8-10 tonight. Mike Gesicki, back-to-back tight ends uh, tonight for Mark Dinerman and Dan Fisher in the two-hole. They take Hurst in the seventh. They take Gesicki in the eighth, followed by Dave Gerzaks. I, I got to stop calling him your boy. I don't like him that much. I, I think the thing is, is I like him so little, and, and you've talked him up so much uh, that I think he's your guy. He actually – really isn't but marvin jones is the third receiver drafted by john daigle tonight uh from roto world why why do you think he's underrated by the fantasy community by the way just just you know jones? in general yeah with marvin jones because he normally goes at the 906 as wide receiver 36 and i feel like you think he's more in like the top 25 top 30 range rather than the top 36 range uh you know i just I, I feel i don't i don't again i don't think he's awesome or anything like that i just i i just feel like they think that galladay is just going to relegate him to this, you know, way later status. I mean, last year he had what? He had 62 catches for 779 yards and nine touchdowns, but he only played 13 games. Uh, he only started 11 of them. So, I mean, I, I can't recall what his injury status, you know, what his injuries were, but he right. had some. Um, you know, on a full seat, when he was playing again with Galladay, he was putting up comparable stats in the games that they both played. I mean, it's so, I'm not saying, I mean, again, he's much older. Galladay is, you know, the young, explosive guy. But Marvin Jones, he's a good pro player. He's decent. 
Matt Kelly already talking up his robust RB start tonight. You can follow up his, <laughs> his thoughts at fantasy underscore mansion uh, on good Twitter. For a lot. Yeah, he is. Um, good stuff there. Um, Stephon Diggs gets added to the Buffalo uh, team this year. Buffalo Bills <laughs> didn't change their name. They're still the Buffalo Bills, not the Buffalo football team. Um, <laughs> How dare you insult the Bills? I, exactly. Yes. Far be it for me. Do you think that Diggs pumps up? Josh Allen's fantasy value a significant or notable amount or is it sort of business as usual because people are drafting Josh Allen more for his legs and what he's able to do on the ground than who he has uh, as far as throwing options uh, you know he could add a little bit to him not nothing you know I don't think it's going to think it's going to put Josh Allen in the top in that top six tier where he's where he's going to get drafted. Although Josh Allen always, I mean, where did he finish last year? Was he QB five or in that he was? Running? He wasn't QB five. I thought he was like QB seven. Okay, I could so be wrong, but he was up there. Yeah, he's up there. I mean, so uh, I think he might make a, a little bit of a bump. Um, I'm just looking at the rest of this round here. I don't know if there's anything else I want to touch on. Oh, I, yeah, just real quick because we haven't talked about him. About what do you make of Christian Kirk in Arizona? Because this guy was blossoming into the number one receiver, and then Arizona goes out and trades for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you do have Kyler Murray. You have the Kingsbury offense out there. I'm just kind of curious. And, and Kirk goes tonight uh, to Michael Leone from Establish the Run. Uh, Leone takes him at the 805, or excuse me, 808 tonight. Dave, he normally uh, goes, or normally is such a weird word, but Christian Kirk, uh, as far as the last seven days go, is, is a 10th round pick at the 1002 wide receiver 38. What do you make of his fantasy value this year? Um, he's a player. I, I never really was a huge fan of his talent, and you know he hasn't. You know he had he only he played 13 games last year, 709 yards, three touchdowns. Um, so he has to first of all he has to deal with Hopkins getting a lot of targets, and you know he'll, granted Hopkins will command all that attention, uh, and then he still has, the Fitz is still there, and then you have Hakeem Butler and Isabella that are kind of hanging around doing stuff, whatever. Maybe they're going to play, maybe they're not. I don't know. I just I I, I just I'm not gargantuan fan of Kirk overall. So yeah. I, I think there's, I mean, I'm just, I'm not really a fan. So, I mean, I'm generally taking other players in that. Genre, I get it. That yeah. Range. I mean, number two receiver, it's just like, it, it, it's tough to get on board with those guys. You got to really like them. In fact, yeah. In fact, I would, one, two, three, four, I would have taken AJ Green, Cooks, Jones, Edelman, Jarvis Landry over him. I would have taken Kirk over Sterling Shepard. So what about Jameson Crowder? Uh, that would have been close. I might've taken Crowder actually. I don't know what I would have done there. That's, it is, that's, Probably taking my boy Noah Fant instead. That's probably what I would have done. All right, so kicking off the ninth round here, Dave, Zach Moss is the number three running back drafted by John Daigle from Roto World. You have Julian Edelman off the board uh, to Dinerman and Fisher there at the 902. Blake Jarwin's the number one tight end for Matt Schauf. Matt Breida is the number four running back for Hassan and Duke. Jarvis Landry and Sterling Shepard, wideouts going back-to-back to Lyon, and then Friel and D'Antonio. Then you have TJ Hawkinson starting at tight end for Matt Kelly. Jamison Crowder to Sal Esposito as his number four wide receiver. Noah Fant is backing up Rob Gronkowski for Nelson Sousa. Oh, that makes me feel better about my Noah Fant team staying this year. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Madison after that to a non-Dalvin Cook team. Alexander Madison to Reeve and Biplab Mandel. Carson Wentz starting at quarterback for Graham Barfield, followed by Dallas Goddard to Young and Keno Moss. Uh, kind of a heavy tight end round there, Dave, as, as the four tight ends go off the board. Your favorite tight end among those between Jarwin, Hawkinson, Fant, and Goddard? Let me guess. It's Dallas Goddard. I think it might be Goddard, yeah, actually. He's the last one off the board, but I think you like him best. What do you, I might, you know, 
just 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 yeah. kind of curiously about about Dallas Goddard. So I I, I recorded the um, the road of his high stakes lowdown earlier with uh, Jimmy Wagner this week, and we and we were talking about the Ertz versus Goddard, and he was saying how he's uh, fading Philadelphia offense in general. And I said, yeah, I, I can kind of get that Why? because well because there's there's not a lot of consistency there. You have Miles Sanders who could be awesome this year, but the the receivers you have Jalen Rager who's a rookie. Deshaun Jackson, who has visited the trainer a lot. He had the corpse of Alshon Jeffrey out there. And he said the one consistent has been Zach Ertz. Zach, uh, Dallas Goddard, though, why do you like him this year? Is it, a, is it a value thing that you think he should be going higher than he is, even with the presence of Zach Ertz? Well, I think they're going to run two tight ends a lot. And I think, they're, you just, I think that Goddard could be the number two receiving target on the team. Uh, Jeffrey's going to get puffed. He's, or he's, his career is pretty much yeah. finito. Jalen Rager is still a rookie, yep. so he's probably going to – most rookie receivers are not that great. So, Grant, he could be good, fine, whatever. Um, D-Jax is going to get his, but his might be 50 catches for 800 yards and you know six touchdowns or something like that. And then four missed games Yeah, because of soft tissue injuries. Possible, yeah. yeah. Ertz is going to have a ton of targets, and I think Goddard is going to command uh, quite a few targets as well. And Wentz looks healthy. Wentz, uh, I think he bulked up a little bit this year. They say he looks good. And uh, – so I, I like the offense. I mean, they're going to have to contend with Miles Sanders, so they're not going to be able to, um, you know, play like six in the box or whatever and just have the, you know, play dime, nickel and dime defense. They have to worry about Miles Sanders as a running back. So I, just, I think Goddard really fits in the offense, and I think he's probably the second or third best playmaker on the team. You have Ertz and you have Sanders, and Goddard's right up there. Let me tell you why I hate Goddard. <laughs> I have uh, – I think I talked about this on Pros vs. Joes, actually – that I have been taking advantage of Zach Ertz is dead. Zach Ertz is gone. Zach Ertz is not a thing anymore in fantasy. And he continues to be a thing. He continues to be alive. He continues to be there every single year for the Eagles. And I've taken advantage of that. Worst thing in the world is when you're watching an Eagles game, and I watched him play in person in Green Bay last year, and it it came back to bite me. Um, I watched him play, you know, on red zone. And every single time Dallas Goddard – catches a touchdown, I think it's Ertz. Um, and one of them needs to wear like a... Their numbers are so alike. Yeah, one of them needs to wear like a... All white people look alike to me, Dave. Yeah, I can't tell course. the difference. Yeah, all, you know, the honkies are all the same. <laughs> I to, didn't say that. He used to wear like a, like, a, like, a, like a red towel or something, you know, some sort of a... Oh, that would be perfect, yeah. yeah. Some sort of... Or, or, or even a silver towel. Maybe his COVID mask could be a different color. Oh, than, that would be than, tremendous. Than Ertz would be. Let's make it happen. <laughs> uh, who do we know in Philly? No, Jay Reed. You know, Jimmy, Jay, Jay Jimmy, Reed can make that happen. Jimmy Dave, Wagner. Dave Terpoli could make that happen. Dave. Jimmy Wagner's a New York guy. Oh, but right. um, but yeah, we could get Terp and, and Jay Reed on this for sure. Yeah, good, trying to think. Good. Nelson Verbit, dude. Nelson Verbit would go in there and crack skulls. Is he from there? He area? would make it happen. Yeah, he would make it happen for sure. Yeah, he's a persistent fellow. Yeah, don't. Okay, we. I'm not even. I'm half kidding. Like seventy five percent serious about this. Why don't we, you just? Why don't you tweet at both of them? You should tweet at is Jeffrey Lurie on Twitter. I should tweet at him. Say, yeah. hey, like, fantasy's running the NFL this year, so you need to make this happen yeah. for us. Can you, for can us you Zach like, Ertz supporters. Could you put a pink dot on the back of Dallas Goddard's helmet? Please? That would be tremendous. <laughs> and not just in October either. Not just in breast cancer awareness. Yeah, month. right. Yeah, exactly. A pink dot all year round. Right. Whatever. Yeah. All right. So moving on quickly is the 10th uh, <laughs> round here. Michael Pittman leading things off to Eric Young and Keno Moss at the 10 one That is their number six receiver. So nice job by them as they are in, whoa, 
tell you what they did in the 11th round coming up. This is fun. This is a total team I would draft. Love it. Jalen Rager, the aforementioned Jalen Rager to Graham Barfield there in the 10th round. Antonio Gibson off the board as the number five running back for uh, reigning Wasps, which is Kern Reeve and Bip Lab Mandel's team. Cam Newton's backing up Tom Brady for uh, Nelson Sousa. It's interesting here because Nelson Sousa has now gone four straight picks of all tight ends and quarterbacks here. We'll follow that story as it unfolds going forward in the second half of this draft. C.D. Lamb, the rookie wideout for Dallas, is going to be Sal Esposito's number five receiver. Austin Hooper is backing up T.J. Hawkinson for Matt Kelly here tonight from Player Profilers. He goes back-to-back tight ends. Aaron Rodgers, first quarterback off the board for Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio. He is their starting quarterback that they select in the 10th round tonight. The Dalvin Cook owner, Mike Leone, takes Tony Pollard as Alexander Madison already off the board. He grabs Tony Pollard here in the 10th round, and then we get a pair of tight ends. You have Jonu Smith to Jared Hassan and Jackie Dunk. Jared Cook off the board to Matt Schaaf to finish off uh, his 10th round pick, and then Nicole Hardman, Kerryon Johnson, the last two picks of the 10th round, Nicole Hardman to uh, Mark Dinerman and Dan Fisher, and then uh, Kerryon Johnson, the number four running back, drafted by John Daigle here, and that is going to do it for the 10th round here tonight. Dave, uh, in, in closed teams, or closed leagues like this, where you're competing against 11 other owners, do you put more of a, uh, do you stress getting the handcuff players rather, I mean, uh, handcuffs to your own players or to other players? Do you put more of an emphasis on trying to get those guys, or does it not change whether you're drafting for a national tournament or this type of league? Um, I would say in a national tournament, I'd be less likely to care about, I'd probably look not to handcuff unless it was a clear, super talented player that was the handcuff. And that's not, that's actually pretty rare nowadays. So I think I would take my starters and I would actually look to grab other handcuffs that that could emerge in case those players got, you know, their starters got injured. Back-to-back picks tonight here to uh, lead the 10th round off. It was Michael Pittman and Jalen Rager. They're both rookie receivers. Uh, one is the number two receiver on his team, clearly. Uh, the other one may or may not be the number one receiver. Just curiously, Dave, um, which one do you like better for redraft purposes this year? If you're going to be taking one of them between Pittman and Rager, who are you more likely to take? Um, I think I would take Rager probably. Um, and he's not a person I drafted in Dynasty. It just didn't kind of happen for me there. In uh, you know, some of the arguments I made about earlier about the fact that he's just a rookie – while that's true, he's a rookie that's likely to probably, you know, he's likely to start. And the team does have a lack of receiver talent. So, you know, he's got a good quarterback. Whereas Pittman, I just, I'm not quite as big of a believer in And I, if I recall correctly, Rager was drafted earlier than Pittman. So I think I'd he default, was indeed. I yeah. default to that a little bit soon. I think it was like 15 picks earlier too. And, yeah, and I mean, that was top end. It's so. an amount. I mean, yeah. Rager was a late first. Pittman was a mid-second. Was that yeah, a, some, okay. something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first round picks, I mean, you know, the GM's like, um, you know, you got get, get, get him in there. You know, you, they, you can't just have him be on the bench. Second round picks, you know, they have a little more, you know, it's not as big a deal, in my opinion. Pittman, to me, I think is is more polished, but I think Rager represents uh, having the higher upside, the higher ceiling here uh, as, as far as that goes. Let's get into the 11th round. Matthew Stafford, he's on the COVID list, means nothing to John Dago from rotoworld.com as he takes Stafford at the 1101. Latavius Murray, uh, after that to the uh, 
1102, and that is not to the Camaro owner. That is to Mark Dinerman and Dan Fisher, who invested in Saquon Barkley with their first-round pick. Duke Johnson off the board to Matt Shaw, followed by Manny Sanders to Hassan and Duke. Daryl Henderson is going to be the number five running back for Michael Leone. Uh, Daniel Jones after that to uh, uh, Friel and D'Antonio to back up Aaron Rodgers. pair of running backs here. So weird to see. Chase Edmonds, the handcuff, the backup potentially the backup, maybe the third stringer in Arizona. He goes to Matt Kelly, the pick after that, Dave, the quote-unquote starter in New England, Sony Michelle to Sal Esposito. Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers to Nelson Sousa after that as he finally takes a non-quarterback, non-tight end pick there. Joe Burrow is backing up Josh Allen for Kern Reeve and Biplab Mandel. Keyshawn Vaughn is uh, going to be the selection for Graham Barfield here in the 11th round, the 11-11. And then Eric Ebron off the board at the 11-12 tonight to Eric Young and Keno Moss. So, Dave, I said Keno Moss is the tight end whisperer. He's had a lot of success with drafting, waiting on tight end, and drafting then these mid-round tight ends. And who is it tonight? A guy you like in Dallas Goddard. And a guy nobody likes in Eric Ebron. I like Ebron. Ah, a guy that you like in Eric Ebron. You, uh, you've, I'm not a fan. You've been not uh, a fan. Yeah, crapping on Ebron the whole offseason here. I may have to change my my thinking on this now that I've seen Keno Moss draft him because this is a guy. You know, well, okay. Ebron didn't just show up with you know with his you know red rucksack and a, and, a, and a stick over in the Steelers training camp. They did sign him, right? Didn't they pay him money well, to what play it, for the team? What's a rucksack? Is that a hobo thing? Yeah, that's I don't know. Yeah, whatever they, like, you know, the, like the, the, the handkerchief stick. with yeah, whatever the, is, their belongings yeah. tied onto yeah. the wood. I mean, a rucksack is actually more like a backpack, but I didn't really know the term okay. for the, right. the handkerchief. Yeah, no, they did sign him. Yeah, this was not – although he may have showed up after they signed him with the hobo <laughs> handkerchief on the branch. I'm not really sure. I was actually really thinking sure. Vance McDonald was going to take the hobo stick out of town. Uh, he's not as yeah. good. He's, you know, Vance McDonald, he's like the most – I think I just feel like he's the most overrated do-nothing tight end ever. I mean, everyone's always yeah. like, this is his year. I don't know if everybody's all been. Well, not there's, everybody. been there's a certain sect of yeah. McDonald truthers. Has that he ever had a year? He, he, he hasn't had a year. No year has been his He's had a couple of windows. That's been about it. Yeah, like, like a game. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I think it's more than that. <laughs> All right, so Pittsburgh why, – or not, not wideouts. Pittsburgh pass catchers this year. Is there anybody that Dizzle likes? I mean, I know you, you kind of like Ebron, but – I like Juju. Schmidt, okay, you like Juju. You don't like Deontay Johnson. Yeah, yeah. You obviously don't like McDonald. I think – I don't mind James Washington super late because he's cheap. He's really cheap. Uh, I think Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson, I just uh, – I'm not as big of a fan of his, you know, his overall athleticism is not fantastic. It's it, not great. It's just kind of average. He's not really big. He's you not know, super fast or anything. Like, and his production last year was all right, considering, you know, the big Ben wasn't there, but it wasn't outstanding or anything. He kind of reminds me, you know, everybody talks about, I think you and I have had this conversation off air. Um, oh, that's going to get through. That's going to give the Brewers the lead. Excellent. Come on, score. No one cares about your stupid baseball. Perfect. All there's right. Not, there's not even anyone in the stadium. Boom. Yeah. No fans there. Who cares about this team? <laughs> um, you know what, which is funny about this. So I, you and I have talked about this off air about everybody talking about, oh, Pittsburgh, they know how to draft these receivers or whatever. They've drafted a lot of bust receivers over Keep the years. Keep in mind, Emmanuel Sanders, I've said this before, was not successful. Until he left Pittsburgh. When he was in Pittsburgh, yeah. So, you know, anyway, go ahead. You're, you're, you're well, I mean, there's like Troy Edwards. There's, the, uh, you know, um, yeah, who they, is the tall cat they got there? Martavis oh, Bryant. No, well, Martavis Bryant, that's not the guy I was thinking of. The guy from Auburn, Sammy Coates was another guy that was like a second-round pick that yeah, never was did, awful. You know, um, Deontay Johnson sort of reminds me of those guys, yeah. where he doesn't have like the, 
necessarily the pedigree. He doesn't have the, the measurables. Yeah. Um, and I could see him kind of busting this year, which I, reminds me, I got to make some trade offers to get him off my Blake Carrington I mean, dynasty he, team. He could be great, but it, you know, it's funny though when they draft, I, when they I, drafted him, they they made the could comp- be good. They made the, they made the comparison to Antonio Brown. It's like, oh, he's similar to Antonio Brown, and it was as far as like size, you know, size and you know, forty time and right. things of that nature. And it's like, yeah, but Antonio Brown when he came in the NFL, all those things were n- not considered very good. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he was you know. He, he has emerged as a fantastic player with a head problem at this point. Yeah. Um, but man, it's, it, it, I feel like Antonio Brown is like a one in a hundred hit, right? And yes, totally. So yep. I just feel like that Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, he could be, maybe he's not a one in a hundred, but I mean, huh. I, I feel like he's got a less of a chance to success than, than maybe like 50%. How many GMs have been fired over the years for trying to draft the next Larry Fitzgerald, the next Antonio Brown, the next DeAndre Hopkins for investing a high first round pick and these guys that never pan out. It's like, because there aren't the next guy, you know? There's very few. And in fact, most, they've actually kind of looked at this. Most teams that spend high picks on running backs and receivers are generally unsuccessful franchises. The successful, oh, interesting. Uh, the successful franchises are generally drafting uh, defensive ends, you know, edge rushers, offensive linemen. linemen. Yeah. Yeah. People that stay with the team. For what like about quarterbacks? Is there any correlation? Well, yeah, quarterbacks as well. I, I you know, but but there, but you know, the quarterbacks you, usually when you draft a quarterback, you have to spend like one of those top exactly, picks. yeah. A first, a first round pick at least. Do, do they lump tight ends into the wide receiver and running back aspect of, of well, that? Generally, tight ends are kind of valued more like guards, you know, where they're oh, where guards okay. are safeties, uh, yeah, where they're, they're generally not a premium position, they're not drafted in the top 10, you know, that's why it was so rare to have like Hawkinson go high. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, usually, he, and Eric Ebron, by the way. Yeah, and Ebron, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's So, like, you know, you know safeties, guards, uh, tight ends generally are going later. But people who, you know, the teams that have drafted traditionally receiver and running back earlier, the unsuccessful franchises that tend to stay unsuccessful. Got it. Uh, let's move to the, the uh, 12th round here, Dave. A couple of quarterbacks kicking things off. Young and Moss take Baker Mayfield. Finally, as their starting quarterback, they're the last team to draft a the quarterback. They get Baker Mayfield in the 12th. Jimmy Garoppolo backing up Carson Wentz for Graham Barfield here at the 12.02. Jerry, Judy, 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 takes, uh, he, he goes at the uh, 12.03 tonight to Mandel and uh, Kern Reeve. Uh, Paris Campbell off the board after that to Nelson Sousa. Jack Doyle to Sal Esposito, another tight end. Ian Thomas is the third tight end drafted by Matt Kelly. I like those tight ends right there. Um, Henry Ruggs off the board to Friel and D'Antonio as their number five wideout. Chris Herndon is going to be starting at tight end for Mike Leone. What's with these industry guys getting caught with their pants down at tight end uh, the last <laughs> couple of nights? I don't get it. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, by the way, Mike Leone's way more talented than I'll ever be with fantasy, but it, it but is you're weird. still correct. Yeah. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger off the board to Hassan and Duke, followed by Jay Sternberger, baby, uh, to Matt Shelf as his number three tight end. That is filthy. Shut it down. League over. Shelf just won. The Sternberger award. <laughs> now the Sternberger slash Lombardi trophy award goes to Matt Shelf here. There's got to be a restaurant in Green Bay that has a Sternberger, don't they? I mean, I mean, that's really, that's I don't think so, he's established enough yet, but I mean, I mean, it's just so logical. Yeah. I'll have a Sternberger. What would be on a Sternberger? Cause he's from know. Ohio state. So you'd have to have something Ohio wise, right? What's, what's Ohio known for? Uh, you have Buckeyes uh, on it or something? What is a Buckeye, anyway? I, it's, I, I was actually at a wedding in Missouri <laughs> one time for a buddy who didn't go to Ohio State, but he's a huge Ohio State fan, and the, and the party favors for the wedding were Buckeyes. You got like, and they were like, 
I, I don't think they're actual Buckeyes. They were like chocolate peanut butter, like replica Buckeyes. And well, that, that's a, what you've got. It's a plant. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know if you can eat it. Can you eat a Buckeye? <laughs> is, it, is it like a decoration plant? Uh, I'm, I'm looking it up. I mean, you could you could probably shave it and top top it on a burger. I don't know if it'd be very oh, it's a delicious. Oh, oh wait, they're they resemble edible chestnuts, but Ohio Buckeye fruits are not edible and can be toxic. Oh yeah, so don't put it on a burger. I don't know what you'd put it on. Uh, put it, like, you put it in the trash. You don't eat it. Well, no, but I mean, I don't know what you'd make. What, what you put what, on the Sternberger? Yeah, I don't know what you'd put on the Sternberger. Uh, he seems like a lunch pail type guy, so you just put a. I don't know, like a bunch of crap you put in Maybe a Maybe put a bunch of cold cuts on it, right? Yeah. For like, you know. Some more meat on a, on yeah. a burger? Yeah, so you top the burger you patty with ha- burger. ham, turkey, and like some chicken or something no like that. Does. You don't put chicken on a burger. And that's why they call it the Stern Burger. Oh, my God. That's because nobody else is doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll get my, you know, our, our good buddy Farrell Elliott probably has a contact. Cold cuts on a burger. For, for uh, Jay Sternberger. Sort of a weird cheese, perhaps. You can probably make this. Well, maybe just let Jay Sternberger design the whole thing and call it good. Why don't we just ask him what he likes, and then he can make and it. And that'll good. be the Sternberger. Yeah. Um, Deb- Burger Company could do that. They probably could. Debo Samuel off the board uh, to Dinerman and Fisher, followed by Teddy Bridgewater as the number three quarterback drafted by John Daigle. Moving on to the 13th round. Goes back-to-back Panthers as Curtis Samuel is the 13-01. Jared Goff to uh, Dinerman and Fisher as their backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Jackson to match Chelf, and then Boston Scott, his real-life teammate, goes to Hassan and Duke right after that as their number five running back. Number five running back. Gardner Minshew backing up Kyler Murray for Mike Leone. Sammy Watkins, Anthony Miller, Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry are the receivers off the board. Watkins to Friel and D'Antonio, Miller to Kelly, Williams to Esposito, and then Harry to Sousa. Irv Smith is the number two tight end drafted by Biplab Mandel and Hudson Reeve, followed by Golden Tate and Ryan Tannehill to wrap things up in the 13th round. Onward we go. Time waits for no man, and neither does this draft. Reichwell Armstead to Young and Moss. Gerald Everett is backing up George Kittle at tight end to Graham Barfield as he waits 13 rounds before drafting his back up there. Probably a smart decision. More on that later. Brandon Ayuk to uh, the reigning Wasps. That's Mandel and Reeve there at the third, uh, 14.03. Drew Locke, the third quarterback drafted by Nelson Sousa. That's kind of interesting there as he backs up Brady and Newton with Drew Locke. Robbie Anderson, Justin Jefferson, pair of receivers off the board to Esposito and Kelly, respectively. Damian Harris uh, to Paul Friel and Greg D'Antonio. The starter. Allegedly. <laughs> That's their number four running back, O.J. Howard, backing up uh, Chris Herndon at tight end for Mike Leone. That would actually be a pretty solid way to run it if you were an NFL franchise when you're a fantasy. I don't know if that's a smart way to do it. John Brown to Hassan and Duke. And then Naheem Hines, pass-catching running back for Indianapolis to Matt Schauff. Another good pick. That's, that's, I, I would say five straight picks for Matt Schauff that I really like there. Uh, Heinz uh, making the fifth in a row. Really, Too bad he really pick. screwed up his whole draft with Drew Brees. <laughs> yes. As, as what a, a terrible pick. pick. Well, he's making up for it. Yeah, Josh- too bad he's not calling in to try and argue <laughs> for the kid. <laughs> Josh- he's a busy guy, man. <laughs> Joshua Kelly uh, to Mark Dynaman and Dan Fisher, the four-time main event and Football Guys League uh, champs there at the 14-11. And then the 14-12, Dave, you can't have a fantasy football draft without Antonio Brown here as he goes to John Daigle at the 14-12. And that is going to wrap up things in the 14th round tonight. I know he's a rookie. 
I'm just kind of curious, Dave, as to your thoughts on Brandon Ayuk, knowing that Debo Samuel is probably going to be missing the first few games of the season. Uh, you know, he's got some potential. I think he's going to definitely get an opportunity to play and start with that team. So, I, I, you know, and I, and I don't think he's a very expensive player to take, so I think that's a nice pick. We'll uh, get back to the live draft action uh, shortly. I want to calling in. I want to get things out. I believe this is. I, I could be wrong. I believe this is a Skype caller. We're going to go out to the airwaves right now. You're on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Dave and Balky. Who is this? What's up? What's up, fellas? <laughs> That's not Matt's father. Oh my <laughs> What's goodness, up, buddy? Matt Kelly making his traditional en- entrance here tonight. All right, Matt. I'm just going to kind of let you go here. Talk about your team. Talk about what, what you thought was going to happen, how it turned out, and how you're liking your team so far. We're going to make some drinks while you're talking. What's up? Yes, I have my dream team. Thanks to Mike Leone. I have been owning Mike Leone throughout this entire draft. It's been a real <laughs> pleasure just giving it every round of Leone. Oh, I even I even went out of my way to get uh, two quarterbacks with the same bye week just to make sure Leone couldn't get Matt Ryan. Oh, the pod father <laughs> for the block. I, he won circle the gets stack. the square. I wasn't, nice I wasn't work having there. it, man. I wasn't having it. I have the Dak Prescott Amari Cooper stack. I'll take that. Thank you very much. So did, were you planning on – so Edward Zolaire, take us through that, um, where, where you take him at the 107. Was that a good value for you, or were you, were you trying to make some waves here tonight? That wasn't great value. No, it was either him or Miles Sanders. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, I would have, it would have been great if someone fell to me, but no one did. So I have to – between him and Miles Sanders, they're very similar players. It's just I like the Chiefs offense better. That's it. That's really it. It's, so, it's, it's a coin flip. I like – I was just in another draft, and I took Miles Sanders in the same situation. It's whatever mood I'm in. <laughs> in the what C- mood were you in tonight? He was in the CEH mood. <laughs> oh, they're, they're, hey, the Matt. bottom line is no Michael Thomas there. The key is you can't take Michael Thomas there because there's such amazing value at wide receiver in rounds four through eight. You just can't take a Michael Thomas there. It's a, it's a, it's a. If you take Michael Thomas there, you, you will regret it. By the time round five, six so rolls Matt, around, you're going to be slapping your forehead going. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, knowing that the, the, with the great receiver value in rounds four to eight, did you kind of make up your mind that you were going to take three running backs to start off this draft tonight? No. I mean, I don't know what their RB thirst is going to be like. If Fournette and Gordon were both gone in the third round, I probably would have gone wide receiver, but both Fournette and Gordon were there because RB Thirst wasn't that heavy in this particular draft. I mean, I got Nick Chubb at the 206. That's, that's as late as he typically goes. Fournette at the 307 is right where I typically get him. And then I had to get one more guy, right? I, Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is the guy. Chase Edmonds is the passcode to get into the good fantasy analyst room. Everyone that is good <laughs> at this likes Chase Edmonds. I figured that out. <laughs> so, so what, by the way, Bob, what's up, Mari yeah. Cooper's ADP? Because I thought that was a nice value in the fourth. Yeah, I, did, did we talk about this earlier? I can't no, remember I don't if we think did. So. Okay. We, maybe in a prior show. Well, These we, all run together. Yeah, they, they do. That's it's probably, like a third round, mid-third. Mari Cooper, 310 in this 310, format. Right. Yeah. So that's a, that was a nice pick for you. And then, yeah, getting Prescott was pretty great. Hey, well, I'm just I ask, asking this, four, Matt. Six. Yeah, I mean, it was filthy. It was really good. <laughs> 
Um, is, I mean, when you have and then, uh, but then I was incentivized to go after Dak and go with the stack. Stack it up, baby. The Dak stack, indeed. You have uh, you have a situation where you've been in these pros versus Joes. You've drafted in the FFPC main event before. I'm kind of curious. Um, waiting until tight end uh, until the ninth round was that part of the plan? Do you think that you can? Yeah, I didn't you know, find good value in tight end late. Yeah, this this was me not <laughs> respecting my league mates. The idea that I could get Hawkinson at nine, the ninth round, Hooper in the tenth, and then Ian Thomas in the twelfth round. That was me just not respecting my league mates. If this were a sharper draft room, I would have drafted tight end earlier. Do you, do you have a uh, favorite pick that you've had so far, maybe a least favorite pick as, as this draft goes on, or, or are they all tied for your favorite pick? They're all tied for my favorite pick. I actually really like getting Anthony Miller at the 13th. I mean, I was really happy with Anthony Miller there. We have him ranked pretty high relative to other services over at playerprofiler.com on our draft kit, fantasy-draftkit.com. So I, I was pretty happy, man. I was pretty happy with uh, with with – with Anthony Miller there, because basically the plan is, with this format, to just try to get away with two quarterbacks. The reason I went quarterback early at the sixth round and the eighth round with Matt Ryan is to get what, you know, two of the top eight quarterbacks, and then I would feel comfortable just settling in with two quarterbacks, and that would allow me to add an additional wide receiver in the later rounds, because... In the FFPC drafts, with these best ball drafts, you can get starting receivers all the way out to round 20. So knowing that, it incentivizes you to try to figure out a way to either go super premium tight end like Kelsey and Andrews, something like that. So you can just go two tight ends. That's a lot harder to do to get two of the elite tight ends. It's a lot easier to get, say, two top eight quarterbacks that you know are, are rarely going to miss games, are going to you know, be in the top 12 most weeks, and that's the case with Prescott and Ryan, this gives me the flexibility to add an additional position player elsewhere later in the, in the draft. I don't have to worry about quarterback now. Yeah, I, I think you're loaded up. Well, I, I, let me just ask you this. You, you, you sent around running back with the first three picks. You add two other running backs here, so you already have five running backs already have two quarterbacks, already have three tight ends. Are you just going to go receiver-receiver with your last two picks? Yeah, I'm just filling up on wide receiver. This is what you do. Think about it. You don't know what these running backs are going to do that are left. You have no idea what's going to happen. With these tight ends, you have no idea what's going to happen. But there are starting receivers all the way down the board. I'm going to go for, I don't know, Russell Gage next? I don't know. I just got the, the likely target leader for the Raiders with my last pick. I know he's not exciting, yeah, but you like upside guys. So I'm trying to go upside and then floor, upside floor, you know, ceiling floor, ceiling floor. So Mims with the ceiling and then like a Renfro with a floor and then an Isabella and then a Larry Fitzgerald. You just kind of go back and forth. That's how I like to do it. It's a little dance. It's like a little, it's a little dance that you do in the last six <laughs> rounds Renfro. or so. Renfro is the rare Las Vegas slot machine that has a, that actually pays out a little bit, but it doesn't pay out a lot. Uh, so it makes some sense here in round 16. He's like the wild cherry machine. Yeah, totally. You follow him on Twitter at fantasy underscore mansion. Check out all the great stuff, 
over at playerprofiler.com. Hey, Matt, this is always a pleasure. We always love hearing from you. We always appreciate your drafting and pros versus Joe's every year. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Good luck in all your leagues this year, dude. We really uh, appreciate you uh, being a fan. Thank you, gentlemen. There he goes, Matt Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. Fantasy underscore mansion, the brunch father, the pod father. Is he in the is he in the dynasty? It's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Shoot, I should have asked him. Yeah, um, we'll we'll find out. We can we we. I Dave, forgot if he wasn't because does he play dynasty or not? I believe he does. We have the tools to check that right. out right now. We have one pro spot open in the superflex league. Hey, Kevin Scott is all over that. Yes, he he will I, I, help you out I with that. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna keep uh, the phone lines open here. We're gonna go to the seven one six right now. You are on the air with uh, Dave and Balky on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Who is this? This is Mike Leone from Establish the Run. I had to call in after I heard some Podfather <laughs> trash talk about owning me in this draft. So, so Mike, I, I, I feel like um, who, who's the guy who always runs, or the the woman who always runs all the debates, the presidential debates. Um, from, I, well, no, uh, what's his name? Don Lemon? Hasn't he run some? I don't know. All right. So he, I feel like I'm moderated. just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Moderate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Don so, Lamont. so Mr. Leone, your rebuttal to, to <laughs> Senator Kelly here. You have two minutes. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lie. It, it pained me quite a bit when he sniped to me on my Falcons double stack with Matt Ryan there in round eight, but he took two quarterbacks in the first eight rounds with the same bye week. And it totally screws up his strategy. He's only taking two quarterbacks unless he's taking a zero one week. So, you know, jokes on you, Matt jokes on you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, Mike Leone from establish the run joining us on the high stakes fantasy football hour tonight. Let, let me ask you about the Le'Veon Bell pick. I mean, what were you, uh, were you pretty ecstatic to see Le'Veon Bell sitting there for you in the middle of the fifth round and just clicked him in about two seconds? I don't know if ecstatic is the word I would use when it comes to drafting Le'Veon Bell or anyone in this Jets offense. I have two members of this offense in this draft tonight, but you know, I like to take usually a modified zero running back approach, but in the best ball league, it's difficult to not take some running backs early. So I was pretty happy in round five to get a guy where I'm just pretty confident in the volume, even though it might be a little bit of an ugly offense. Mike, I, you, I don't. I'm just looking at your draft here, and and I just want to make sure I'm phrasing this question the right way. You did not get uh, Stephon Diggs tonight, but I know you're a Bills fan. How excited are you for the fantasy prospects of Stephon Diggs catching balls from Josh Allen this year? Oh man, the Bills are tough to figure out this year because you just add in an elite one receiver like Stephon Diggs, but it's not like he's replacing anyone. You know, Cole Beasley's still the slot guy. John Brown saw over the court of the team's targets last year and was, you know, performed really well, you know, Stephen admirably as the wide receiver one. So I'm a little sour on Diggs just because I, I don't know where the volume is going to come from. You know, it's a team that's not going to throw a lot. It's a team that already has an established pecking order. He's obviously going to step in and be the one, but I don't know if he's going to see enough targets and it's not like targets from Josh Allen are, the most efficient targets in the world. So I'm super pumped as a Buffalo Bills fan, but you know, my enthusiasm fantasy wise is dampened. Sorry with uh, Mike Leone here. Uh, you follow him on Twitter at two hats, one Mike, you uh, check out all his work at establish the run.com. Uh, Mike. It, it, so just a, as a whole, as you look at your draft here tonight, 
How satisfied are we? Are you? How disappointed are you? Where where does where does it rate tonight in all the drafts you've done so far this season? How does this one rank? Uh, I'm I'm pretty dissatisfied. I can't lie. You know, even though I had to chirp back at Matt a little bit, he is right. The draft room <laughs> might have gotten the best of me tonight. I, I had a tough time sort of threading that needle between getting the player values I liked and you know drafting structurally the way I wanted to. I didn't read the room super great at times, um, missed some of the runs. You guys noted, you know, I got caught with my pants down a little bit at the tight end position, uh, got sniped, you know, twice there by Podfather uh, with Austin Hooper, and then I was really surprised he took a three tight end with having two pretty solid tight ends, but he took Ian Thomas. So I had to patchwork that with Herndon, O.J. Howard, and Tyler Eifert. You know, I got Eifert as part of a really late double stack with, Minshew and Chenault for Jacksonville. So, yeah, I tried to patchwork it and make it work, but it definitely isn't my favorite draft. I panicked a little bit with Ronald Jones around six. You know, normally that's an easy running back pass for me, but thinking through the best ball structure a little bit, I wanted to make sure I had an okay running back there. I got just sniped on J.K. Dobbins, which I think would have been phenomenal in round six. And, you know, I was pretty tilted when I saw Keyshawn Vaughn go – in round 11, you know, I'll take Vaughn around 11 over Jones around six. So yeah, I tried to make it work, but it wasn't my favorite draft I've had this off season. Mike, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but as I look at, at, at your draft here, you had the opportunity in the fifth round to take Cam Akers. You opted for Le'Veon Bell instead. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then you took Daryl Henderson in the 11th. Am I reading too much into this? Do you like Henderson uh, this year as far as draft value goes more than the draft value of Cam Akers? Yeah, I like the draft value of Henderson a lot more. I mean, with all the rookies, you're a little bit concerned just given the environment right now and the training camp situation, if they're going to be behind, I'm not trying to overreact to that, but it is in the back of my mind. And, you know, last year we were taking Daryl Henderson in around seven and eight, you know, there was even a stretch where he got up to around five and six, which was pretty nuts. So a year later, no Todd Gurley, they bring in a rookie running back and, you know, you just hear McVay talk about this situation I think Henderson's going to have a pass-catching role no matter what and then has the upside in an offense I think is pretty underrated fantasy-wise. So I definitely didn't want to take more than five running backs. I went five and out uh, with Henderson as my last piece, uh, you know, to the puzzle there. I think he's, you know, Henderson around 11 over acres and six, I think is a pretty easy choice. Mike Leone from EstablishTheRun.com joining us here on the HSFF Hour. Mike, final question for you tonight. This is more of a personal thing for you. What do you have coming up down the pike here at EstablishTheRun.com? What are you working on there as director of analytics? Yeah, we're really excited. You know, DraftKings just launched their best ball product. FFPC has, uh, you know, we got our FFPC specific rankings and uh, I drafted an FFPC main event. So, we're just really covering everything with our draft kit. We've also gotten into the NBA waters with the hiring of Drew Dinkmeyer and the NBA started up last week. So we've got a lot going, you know, along across the board, getting ready for the DFS season as well. So pretty much anything you can think of fantasy wise uh, between NBA and NFL, uh, that's what we're working on right now. You know, I have to say, you know, Alex uh, is my business partner and he, uh, he really, we have a marketing relationship with Establish a Run, and he really 
he can't speak highly enough about you guys. And I see he really enjoys working with you guys and he thinks you guys run a real great organization operation over there. So uh, kudos to you guys. And, you know, he doesn't usually throw out compliments. No, he doesn't. Let yeah. me tell you, he yeah. doesn't throw out compliments very often. So he uh, gave me a head nod once and it was like the <laughs> highlight of my career. You know, it's just, he's a, a Belichick of a yeah. fantasy owner. Yeah. So yeah, he, he thinks highly of you guys and yeah. uh, we really enjoy working with you. Yeah. Mike, it's awesome. Yeah. And you can get uh, you know, an FFPC credit with the established run draft kit and, you know, we enjoy working with them. They make uh, it easy to, you know, talk about their product just because of the data that's available with their product. And, uh, you know, in the off season when everyone's wanting to do drafts, just the flexibility. I really love the, I love the super flex options, the super flex dynasty options. It's really tough to find you know, public leagues out there, public paid leagues that have that super flex dynasty option. So I've done a couple of those and you know, just really have enjoyed it. Check out all of his work at EstablishTheRun.com. You need to follow him on Twitter at Two Hats One Mike. Mike, certainly good uh, talking to you tonight. Good luck in all your leagues this summer. Good luck with Establish the Run. Keep churning out all the great uh, content that you guys currently do, and we'll talk again soon. Appreciate it. Nice job covering the draft, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. Mike Leone, ladies and gentlemen, good stuff from here. I believe uh, this is Mike's first time, first foray into pros versus Joe's. So good stuff from here. I always like to hear from uh, the first timers. I appreciate that he was, you know, he was honest in his assessment of his own team where he's like, you know, it didn't go exactly how he wanted to. Right. It wasn't his best draft at all or ever, but you know, he thought he did. I think he did a fine job. Yeah, I did too. I, I think he's a little, well, you know, those, those ETR guys, they, they, Very hard they, they want a perfection, Dave, and <laughs> they don't always get that. All right. So we, we have like four rounds to sort through. Do you just want to skip ahead to team analysis? Yes, let's do that. All right. I figured you'd want to do that, Dave. All right. So let's kick things off. John Daigle, rotoworld.com, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, and Teddy Bridgewater are the quarterbacks. Running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Tevin Coleman, Zach Moss, Kerryon Johnson, Jarek McKinnon, LaShawn McCoy, and Carlos Hyde. Receivers, DJ Chark, Terry McLaurin, Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel, Antonio Brown, and Mohamed Sanu. Uh, tight ends are Mark Andrews and Tyler Higby. I would not have, again, I, this is like a recurring thing for me. Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, that's good enough. I, I don't think I would have taken a third quarterback here in this best ball slim format. I think he did fine at tight end. Um, running back, he will need some help as he waited uh, after McCaffrey to take Tevin Coleman until the seventh round. And you can see that Niners thing kind of locked up with Coleman and McKinnon, uh, but the receivers is going to need some spike weeks there as well. Yeah, I, I like, I really liked his first four rounds. Like I said before, I right. thought that taking Le'Veon Bell or he could have taken, or anyone else like, you know, Ingram, Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, whatever would have been a more then he wouldn't have had to have been you know surfing around for running backs later he wouldn't have had to go crazy with some of these other guys and then his receivers would have still been fine because he could have taken a receiver in the seventh eighth ninth you know I, so I just felt that would have worked out better for him but overall when you have Christian McCaffrey Lamar Jackson Mark Andrews Chark McLaurin and you know if he gets any type of any of those if Zach Moss erupts I mean his team could be outstanding Curtis Samuel I'm going to set the over under on catches for him this year at 50 taking over or under <laughs> You know, it's funny. You said you were rolling into that statement, and I was thinking the word 48. So I guess I'm going to take the You're under. You're going to take the under. All right, perfect. I get it. But all right. It's close. I mean, obviously it's close. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So moving on here to Mark Donnerman and Dan Fisher in the two spot tonight, Dave. Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff. That's what they called golf back in Scotland. Back and in the day. Gettyshack. And Gettyshack. Uh, so he takes Mahomes and Goff. Uh, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, 
Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Joshua Kelly, and Darrington Evans at running back. Receivers, Chris Godwin, Devontae Parker, Julian Edelman, Nicole Hardman, Debo Samuel, Randall Cobb, Larry Fitzgerald. Tight ends are Hayden Hurst, Mike Kosicki, and Greg Olson. I'm not sure if this is picking at nits at all, Dave, but as I narrow my assessment of this team down, it might depend on how quick Debo Samuel can come back from his injury because I like the top three running backs, quarterbacks, and tight ends I'm on board with. Uh, receivers, I think, can get it done if Samuel comes back in time. And granted, it is his number five tight, or wide receiver, but I think it's an important one on his roster, on their roster, I should say. Yeah, you know, I looked at this team, and actually it's uh... – I, you know, I, was, I said this the other night that a lot of their picks are explainable. Like the way they put the, again, another, another Joe draft where it's a balanced team. You know, it takes Mahomes and he waits a little bit on tight end, but then he grabs first and Gasicki. That's cool. Good job. Uh, Barkley, Swift, Ingram, fine. And Murray makes sense. Kelly might have a role. Evans is going to have a role. I mean, like all their picks make sense. I like this team uh, quite a bit because I mean, you know, Godwin and you get Edelman. If you like, I, Parker's a player I don't really care for, but I get it. I mean, if you like right. Parker, yep. Uh, so I, I think it's a fine team. Nice job, and they have a really good shot at doing well. Moving on to Matt Chow from DraftSharks.com. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, and Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Running backs, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Duke Johnson, Naheem Hines, Rashad Penny uh, are his running backs. Receivers, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, Deshaun Jackson, Alan Lazard, Tyrell Williams, and then the tight ends, Blake Jarwin, Jared Cook, and Jay Sternberger. Dave, I, I think I have to recuse myself here from assessing this team, and here's why. There are not only so many duplicates of this team and my Scott Fishbowl team this year. I am almost positive. favorite team of all. I'm almost positive that my first three picks of the Scott Fishbowl were Kamara, Connor, and Gurley. He went Kamara, Gurley, and Connor with his first three picks. That's really funny. I obviously like this team. And he got my guy Sternberger, Deshaun Jackson, Naheem Hines. I like both those guys. Tyrell Williams. I swear to God, there is like eight or nine duplicates between my, my Maybe staff. because you're using Draft Shark rankings when you draft. Uh, I referenced it. I wouldn't say I used it. <laughs> You might have. Uh, I, I, I might have, but, uh, but, but it is interesting to see all, all the overlap from the Scott Fishbowl and, and my Scott Fishbowl team and Matt Schaus because Smola and I didn't have any overlap. Yeah. You know, but when you and Schaffer, but Schaffer, well, you know, he and I split a Scott Fishbowl team in the past That's before, right. and then he until he dogged you, he's like, uh, you he, he didn't dog me. They, they Scott Fish is like, oh my god, Schaff, you should have your own team instead of being saddled with this also ran here. I'm, I'm limiting FFBC. this to unlimited amount of teams, is what, what Fish said. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna let Balkman in again, but Schaff, <laughs> you're for sure getting your own team. So, what do you think of this squad here? Well, I mean, if you like it, I, I think it sucks. This team is the worst. <laughs> I mean, the Drew Brees pick was a total. I didn't reach. like that one. That That's was one garbage. that didn't match. Sternberger up. sucks. He's gonna be terrible. Sternberger does not suck. He's the worst. We already have like two. We I think we have two season long bets on Sternberger, and I I don't want to make it a third. I don't want to go all in on Sternberger. And then you reach on Brees and you take Tyrod piece of crap twenty seven hundred yards. Yeah, that, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I'm just kidding. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, I, I don't really have any problems with it. I mean, there's a lot of picks I like, there, but. I guess, you know, Woods and Lockett don't get me all that excited as my number one and number two wide receivers. But, I mean, that, you yeah. know, that's the price you kind of pay. I like the Cooks as the third. I would not have taken Tyrod Taylor as my third quarterback. Like, I would have preferred uh, Chark and Cup would have been the guys I would have had on my team at receiver and, instead of Woods and Lockett there. And, you know, that's fine. Everyone has their own opinions. 
Moving on to Jared Hassan and Jackie Dunk. The uh, quarterbacks are Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tungavailoa. Running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, Matt Breida, Boston Scott, and Adrian Peterson. Receivers, A.J. Brown, Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, and John Brown. Tight ends are Darren Waller, John U. Smith, Dawson Knox. Officially, Dave, my favorite team thus far. <laughs> really? Yeah, for sure. Well-balanced team. Um, I think they did well uh, at, at every single position. And granted, they waited on quarterback. But granted, I wait on quarterback. And I still cobble some stuff uh, out of my back pocket. I think that's exactly what Hassan and, 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 um, and Dunk did tonight. I like this squad. Yeah, you know, honestly, the more I look at it, um, they really did do a nice job. Um, Emmanuel Sanders as your five yeah. is really solid. And John Brown as your six. Dawson Knox as your Number three tight end, yeah. What is Dawson Knox's ADP? Pull that up. I'm pulling it up right now. 18th round. What the hell are the rest of you guys doing? That's ridiculous. It was like a 13th round pick. 1404. Yeah, 1404. And you guys are just sleeping on him completely. That's ridiculous. Uh, Nicely done. Yeah, my God. I would have rather had him over Eifert or Disley or Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, Devin Asiasi. I mean, I think... O.J. Howard for... For God's sake, I'd rather had him over Joe O.J. Howard. Yeah. No offense to Mike Leone. Adrian Peterson, um, I would have rather had Knox over Adrian Peterson, who he also himself took two rounds earlier. Might have rather had him over his real-life teammate, John Brown. For sure. <laughs> well, right. know, it's interesting that Leone brought up that. I mean, brought up where are the targets going to go. Who they gonna, I mean, they have to be sucked away from John Brown, who didn't have that many to start with for, uh, for uh, Diggs. All right, so moving on to Mike Leone. Um, to his team here, Kyler Murray, Gardner Minshew as his quarterbacks, Dalvin Cook, Le'Veon Bell, Ronald Jones, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson at running back, receivers Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Jarvis Landry, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Hurd, and Andy Isabella, who I know how Dave's going to feel about this team, Chris Herndon, O.J. Howard, and Tyler Eifert. So Leone was kind of hard on himself. I think he did okay. It's just a question of if Herndon pans out and if he can get some production from Howard and Eifert. I think that's where this team hinges because the other positions I have no problem with. Yeah, I mean, not only do I not have a problem with it, I mean, they're really, really strong. I mean, if Ronald Jones is as good as he could be, uh, and then – As his number three. Yeah, yeah I mean, and then he gets production out of tight end, and he's going to really be tough to beat. I mean, because you have Kyler Murray, Cook, Le'Veon Bell, Rojo, and then Julio, Juju, Ridley, Kirk slash Landry. I mean, your, his flex options are, right. like, tremendous. Filthy. Actually. Yeah, they're, filthy. they're ridiculous. If he gets tight end production, his team is going to be impossible to beat. I think if, if – Mike Leone had all six infinity stones tonight, Dave. I feel like he thinks he was operating with three or four. And uh, if he would have had all six, oh, my goodness. You and I would have been snapped out of existence tonight, as well as eight other teams in this draft. I never saw the second half of that, whatever that infinity thingy. Endgame? You never saw Endgame? Never saw Endgame. I mean, Uh, I know what happens. Good good flick. I didn't Wikipedia it like you do, but (laughs) because everyone... I I didn't wiki... Yeah, you saw that one. I mean, I figure you if saw it. If it's a superhero movie, I yes, don't wiki clearly it. you saw it. <laughs> yeah, I did. And you paid money. But I, I saw the first one. It was fine. And I was going to see it. And I was just like, well, whatever. I just haven't seen it yeah. yet. So is, I, it, is it good, by the way? Yeah, it's very good. And, and it's like a three-hour movie. And I went to the theater. That's what, that's what I would call a uh, two-piss movie. Okay. I was so just going to talk. Titanic I, I, was a two-piss movie for yeah. me. I had to go to the bathroom. And then I had to go again, like when the ship was sinking. I'm like, oh, my God. So, so anyway. <laughs> the theater I saw it at serves beer, 
and so I wanted to enjoy the movie right, with some yeah. beer. And I saw a midnight showing so I could kind of get all my work done and, and my family would be asleep. Were you by yourself? Be my, or yeah, I was by my, myself. That's actually kind of, I would normally say it's lame, but it's kind of cool. Actually. That's the way to do it. But I Googled, like, I can't remember what I actually Googled, but it was, I was trying to find the best pee breaks. <laughs> for people who have seen the movie and and I found a website and it said okay when Hulk says this you're going to have about 2 minutes where you don't really miss anything. That's great. Yeah, so I tied, I I peed twice during it and uh, I timed it as soon as Hulk said something and then I think Black Widow said something and then it's like okay now I got to go again. That's really is it, That's what, the way to do what's it. What's in the website? Is it like pee? I don't or? remember. I just Googled it and, and, that's really funny. and found that. So that's, that's how I, and that's I was, cool. wasn't so you, disappointed. You went by yourself to a midnight showing, got, yeah. got a buzz on. Yeah. And, well, uh, it wasn't, I mean, a minor buzz. Like, so minor, it, was, it was two beers yeah. and that was like your limit. It's like two beers per ID. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, and then you had, and then you had I'm from flat. Wisconsin, Dave. I, <laughs> Two beers doesn't do it for me the way it used to. Yeah, yeah, two beers and then the full flask. You're like, no, oh, give, me, give me, give me a I, diet Mountain Dew too. No, no, you, I, you pour like six ounces of vodka in there. I'm not a hard liquor type guy <laughs> when it when it comes to the theater. Like, I I remember the movie ended and I I don't remember what happened in the last hour. Back in the day, <laughs> and I was I was on athletic team, so I didn't drink um, because you you get suspended for the season, but. I went to see a movie with also you were in high school. Two of my buddies. You ever heard of? You probably never heard of this. High School High. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. It's with John Lovitz and Tia Carrere, the <laughs> the uh, female uh, protagonist in the Wayne's World movies. Okay, yeah, I know, I know who she yeah, is. Yeah, so I know who John Lovitz. It's like a B movie comedy type yeah. thing. And is it good? Two of my no, not really. But two of my buddies came over and they took a pack of a uh, six pack of Old Style out of the fridge at my house. And we snuck that into the theater, and and those you guys drank six it. beers in the theater. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's great. yeah. And and they, I didn't drink it, but it, that was my first time with alcohol in the theater before. Wait, 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 one more quick thing: Did you ever see the movie Student Bodies? Student Bodies. It's a it's a terrible horror movie, kind of like um. Who's in it? Like no one. It's like Scream, uh, but it's called Student Body. It, it was like it was a precursor. The killer's name is the Breather. It's like a fake like Friday the Thirteenth type movie. He kills people with you know, paper clips and things like that. This is really weird. 1981? Oh, it's super old. Yeah. yeah. Well, directed by Mickey Rose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great, but it's, it's, I don't know, it might be worth 20 minutes of your time to watch <laughs> yeah. parts of it. Jerry Belson as <laughs> The Breather. <laughs> it's like he'd be like, Joe Flood as Mr. Dumpkin. Because, you know, Friday the 13th would have those sounds, and he'd be like, uh, yeah, and then, <laughs> I, I would never see this. One night I actually saw this, this, uh, it was a crossover horror slash Christmas movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night. And, oh, yeah, I think I might have seen Yeah, that. and I saw that, and I was like, I am not. I'm done with horror. I don't like horror movies yeah, in general. That's, that was it for like me. Like the Saw movies. I, just, I mean, it's like... This Saw's is, a little bit different for me because there's a psychological terror to that that I think that a lot of horror movies don't have. Yeah, that's true. Um, and if you've ever seen... If you've never seen Cabin in the Woods, I saw this on a heavy recommendation from a guy I respect, and I saw it. And I really, really enjoyed that movie, right, too. Right. It's a quasi-horror type anthology movie. I think you might like that Cabin one. Cabin in the Woods. Right. Cabin in the Woods. Very All right. good. Pat, what are we on? Team 7? We're on, yeah, we're on Paul Friel and Greg oh, D'Antonio here. here team 6. Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, quarterback. Running backs, Devin Singletary, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Harris, Devontae Freeman, Chris Thompson. Uh, wide receivers are Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Boyd, Sterling Shepard, Henry Ruggs and Sammy Watkins, tight end Zach Ertz and Hunter Henry. Dave, this team, and Will Disley, by the way, this, this team um, will 
sorry, I just had a computer issue. This team is going to um, contend or not contend based on the opportunities presented by some of these rookie running backs and late round running backs. I totally agree with you. I, I, I think I, I think their tight ends are tremendous. I think their wide receivers, considering they waited until round seven to get their third one, uh, are really good. I mean, Shepard, Ruggs, and Watkins, uh, very solid. And running backs too. I mean, you know, I know that they waited on running back, but then you know, getting Damian Harris, Vonta Freeman, and Chris Thompson again. Another when you look at high stakes players again, a lot of these picks are super explainable with roster construction. I think they did a really nice job constructing a roster. I think Henry was a crazy value in the eighth round, so I think that that really I like this team a ton because Henry can be flexed out uh, if if uh, you know not even on purpose. It's best ball, so I, I like this team a lot. Wasp guy in the chat room, cabin in the woods, ultimate epic homage to horror with a dose of satire. Dave, what more do you need? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a glowing recommendation right there. Well, plus, it's from someone I respect. <laughs> I mean, from, from not a, you. From a Juilliard trained. <laughs> You went to Juilliard. Uh, Ivy League <laughs> professor. <laughs> uh, they teach biology at Juilliard. Yeah, well, they teach everything at the Juilliard. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, like, it's the sore bone of the West, Dave. I didn't know he was a dancer. Uh, no, he does. They, they do it all there. Dancing is just like, like one of the gen eds there, and then you branch out <laughs> to, to whatever. All right, Matt Kelly, player for you know what, Honestly, Juilliard should do that. I mean, like the name is so – like they should have all of a sudden move into biology. <laughs> I t- I only bring it up because <laughs> there's an episode of Seinfeld where Kramer was posing as a dermatologist. Oh, yeah. And he said, We're as, as, as a, he's, like, he's like, as a Juilliard-trained dermatologist, I can't <laughs> give this recommendation. That's really so funny. I, I've always done that since then because of that. All right, Matt Kelly, playerprofiler.com, the Leone owner in uh, tonight's draft, uh, self-proclaimed Leone owner. Uh, Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan are the quarterbacks here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, Chase Edmonds at running back. Uh, Receivers are Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf, Anthony Miller, Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims, Hunter Renfro, T. Higgins, and Russell Gage tight ends. T.J. Hawkinson, Austin Hooper, and Ian Thomas. I think this he executed his draft strategy pretty well based on what he told us when he called in before. And, and Dave, it's, it's going to hinge. It's weird to say this, but his draft will hinge on those last six picks. I like his tight ends. I think his quarterbacks and running backs are fine. Can he get enough production um, from those back end, the, the back six of the six-pack receivers that he drafted late in order to, to make a run in this league? You know, and I think the answer to that is he probably can. I think he, I, I think the odds of him being a bottom five or four team are very low, actually. I, I think that with the, getting all those receivers, he's got a good shot out there. Um, it's, I, I don't have a lot to pick on this team, other than the fact that he is going to get a zero on the, on the bye week of Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan, as uh, Michael Leone pointed out. So uh, there is that. I've seen players do some crazy things that include forced zeros and they still end up doing pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's just 20 points. You're, not, you're going to lose right. 20 points. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, unless, uh, Dave, unless uh, the Cowboys trade Dak Prescott because they don't plan on signing him <laughs> and, and he's quarterback. <laughs> then, he's, then, Mac Kelly's, uh, you know, then he's, he's a genius. Yeah, he's like in the ninth dimension. Yeah. He's living in the matrix yeah. where we're all just, uh, we're not plugged in. He is. Sal Esposito from the eighth spot tonight. The FFPC Joe uh, won over $10,000 in the main event alone. Deshaun Watson and Phillip Rivers at quarterback. Running back Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Philip Lindsay, Sony Michelle, 
Justin Jackson and Jamal Williams, receivers Cortland Sutton, Odell Beckham, T.Y. Hilton, Jameson Crowder, C.D. Lamb, Preston Williams, Robbie Anderson, and D.D. Westbrook. Tight ends are Evan Ingram and Jack Doyle. So, Dave, uh, I, I have no quarrel with the quarterbacks. I think the receivers are nice and deep. That's what you like to see. Um, is there enough after Austin Eckler at running back? And can he churn out enough fantasy goodness between just Evan Ingram and Jack Doyle? I would have liked to see one more tight end there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, actually, on those points. Um, it's, it's, t- it's a little tough for me to analyze this team. There's, there's certain players I, that he took that I really are not big fans of, but then other ones I really do like. Uh, so if if he's right, it could do really well. I mean, Henry Neckler is a good start. Uh, I thought the thing is, you know, with Sutton, I just really it's tough to, to get past the fact that I thought it was a little bit of a reach there. But his receivers are pretty good. He acquitted himself well. I think Preston Williams is a nice pick. And, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson, D.D., who knows? They might have work out. 2016 FFPC main event co-champion from numberball.com. It is Nelson Sousa in the ninth spot. Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Drew Locke as his quarterbacks. Miles Sanders, David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, and A.J. Dillon at the running back position. Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, Mike Williams, Paris Campbell, Nikhil Harry, and Miles Boykin at receiver. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Noah Fant, Jordan Reed, and Devin Asiasi at tight end. Dave, I would not, I, I'm not a fan of the last two tight ends, and I worry that he left himself a little bit naked at wide receiver, but quarterback and running back, he is more than equipped to, uh, to make a run. Uh, you know, I think I like to see him a little bit more than you do because his running backs are pretty freaking sick. I mean, Sanders, four are awesome. David Johnson, Cream Hunt, Mostert. Okay, so fine. You got that dialed in. Tyreek Hill, and then he gets super value on Mike Evans in the fourth. So, I mean, that's just tremendous value there. And then Mike Williams, Campbell, Nikhil Harry, and Boykin, all of those guys are upside. He's drafting like a joke because, you know, he is, you know, plays. Um, plays like a joke. Play, yeah, plays high space. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that those are all upside players. I think those are great picks. And then Brady, Newton, and Locke, also really good. I didn't love the Gronk pick, but with Gronk paired with Fant, and then, you know, Reed and Asi Asi, so-so in Spanish, as they say. Um, maybe the tight ends are a little bit of a concern for me, but he's got, a, he's got a really good shot. I like his team a lot, actually. Again, another top four or five team. Yeah, I have to reevaluate here. Maybe you are right. Maybe it is a good team. And, of course, uh, Nelson Sousa, the odds-on favorite, according to Javier from Terra Haute's picks. Uh, tonight as he uh, projected Sousa to be the winner of this league. All right, moving on, ladies and gentlemen, to the 10 spot. It's oh, this the, team is garbage. Dip Lab Mandel and Kern. 35-time clowns over here. <laughs> Kern Reed. up and probably arguing over every pick. All right, Josh Allen and uh, Joe Burrow are the quarterbacks. Running backs, Kenyon Drake, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, Alexander Madison, Antonio Gibson, and Darwin Thompson. Receivers, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Brashad Perriman, and Corey Davis. Uh, tight ends are Travis Kelsey, Irv Smith, and Kyle Rudolph. So you get the Vikings tight end stack, Dave. This is an interesting team to assess because I think they're going to rely on some breakouts from Johnson, Judy, and Ayuk at, at the receiver position. And, and certainly you want to see good production from Melvin Gordon as your number two running back. So a couple of things have to come together for this team to win this league, but I could see more than a couple of things coming together for this squad. That's the thing is when you take – it, when you when we're evaluating these teams and you see Kelsey as the first pick, it, a lot of times it's you kind of just dismiss the tight end. And you're like, oh, the rest of the team's a little bit weak by comparison, <laughs> right? Because but, but that's because Kelsey's so awesome. I mean, he's so great, right? Right. But you know, Drake, Gordon, Montgomery, and that, I thought they were they had thoughtful picks with Madison and Gibson. That was good. DJ Moore, Keenan Allen. You my thoughts on Deontay Johnson? Not a huge fan, but I do love Jerry Judy. 
And then taking uh, Ayak, Perriman, and Corey Davis, again, high-stakes players take the upside, and those are all upside-type players. And then Darwin Thompson is kind of interesting. I actually think DeAndre Washington is a really nice pick. I'm really starting to like him a lot. But Thompson, you know, he was another, he's another piece of that puzzle. You don't know what, how Clyde Edwards' Larry is going to pan out. So I think that's worth a shot late. I'm kind of ticked off about it because I planned on cutting Darwin Thompson in a couple of my dynasty. Yeah, now you got to say I don't think I can. Yeah. Um, what would you uh, – do you trade him for a second rounder right now if you could get that? Oh, yeah, and it's like a freaking second. You think you could get a you – you, you probably don't think you could get a second rounder then. Uh, I do not think you could. Would you second. trade him for a third rounder? Um, I think I would. I, yes, I, I think would. I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Decisions been made. Especially to a sucky team. Fantasy points, Graham Barfield, not a sucky team in this format here. Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Darnold at quarterback. Running backs, Chris Carson, Jonathan Taylor, James White, Jordan Howard, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Anthony McFarlane at running back. Devontae Adams, Marquise Brown, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Rager, Golden Tate, Stephen Sims, and John Ross at wide receiver. Tight ends are George Kittle and Gerald Everett. David's a balanced squad. He's got some potential firepower on the outside at, at wide receiver. Um, the, the running backs, uh, the core has to stay together. You know, Carson gets hurt a lot. Taylor's a potential league winner. James White's going to be Mr. Steady Eddie. Jordan Howard's a starter, so I think there's something to like there. And then the, the fact that you wait on uh, quarterback until round nine, you still end up with Wentz, Garoppolo, and Darnold. This team is a contender. Um, you know, I, I actually, unlike uh, the number ball team, I think I like this team a little bit less than you do. No offense. Not uh, taken. <laughs> good. Uh, I think that, you know, I think Marquise Brown in the, what is that, the fifth round, I thought that it felt early. And then Diggs, you know, is not going to get a ton, ton of volume. I don't know. I just, for some reason, just the, the players and how it all worked out, it, I just, I don't love the team necessarily. I mean, you know, you got Kittle, but then, you know, you wait super late for Gerald Everett to back up tight end there so you're not going to get any production there um but you know it again with kittle because when you, like the argument we made with the wasp team when you take kittle i mean he's such a great player right if the other te- the other picks pan out if marquise brown works out for him if taylor works out uh he's gonna have a fine team final team we're going to talk about tonight the ffpc joe's uh eric young and keno moss here drafting from the 12 spot Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, and Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Running backs are Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, Tariq Cohen, Ryquel Armstead, DeAndre Washington, Giovanni Bernard, and DJ Dallas. Receivers Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Michael Gallup, Darius Slayton, and Michael Pittman. Uh, tight ends are Dallas Goddard and Eric Ebron. I, Dave, I would have liked to see a little bit more firepower at the running back position. I, I, I like what they did in four of the last five rounds, just uh, – uh, you know, taking, uh, you know, scattering their buckshot there to try to see what they can hit on. I like the fact that they waited on quarterback. I don't know if there's enough at tight end, though, uh, on this team. I think that's the bugaboo. Uh, I think they might be all right at tight end, but, you know, that's my feelings because I like Goddard and Ebron. You don't like either, and that's fine. I get it. Um, I'm a little concerned at quarterback. I mean, Mayfield, Tannehill, Trubisky, eh, a little on the dice. There's three of them. You're good. Yeah, it's all set. I know you're fine with all that. I'm not, not, not so. I mean, because you're you're playing catch up in that in those positions. I, you know, the Cohen pick was a reach, so I think that kind of put them a little bit behind the eight ball. But their first five wide receivers are pretty tremendous, actually. Robinson, Galladay, Fuller, Gallup, Slade, and that, that's pretty great, actually. I, I think again, we'll see how it pans out. They will contend if if you can get something out of the tight ends as well as quarterback. 
And that is going to do it for uh, uh, coverage of the Pros versus Joe's Skinny Pete number five league tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Darren Armani, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, our producer, and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer, and my best friend Bryce. And, of course, most importantly, all of you listeners. I want to thank Matt Kelly, Mike Leone for calling in tonight and uh, sharing some, uh, some knowledge. And uh, happy birthday to Pros versus Joe's participant, Ryan Poole, celebrating a birthday tonight after he drafted with Lou Tranquilli on night one last week. Happy birthday to Ryan. All right, tomorrow, the coverage for the Pros versus Joe's wraps up for the year 2020. It is the Macho Man League number six tomorrow at 10 Eastern time. Uh, the Joe's will be Brian Pakula, uh, Todd Hopkins, James Boris, Peter St. Pierre and Steve Ashley, along with Sky Eilers and Brian Tuminello. Uh, pros uh, tomorrow night, Chris Prince uh, from Roto Grinders, Fantasy Football Masterminds, Michael Nazarek. Of course, Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani participating. A uh, former overall champ of the Pros vs. Joe's competition, Mike Beers from Rotoviz, will be drafting tomorrow night, as well as Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm and Jeff Manns from Guru Elite. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done it, make your Planet Hollywood reservation. Sign up for the main event. Uh, if you're already signed up, you're going to get $400 off each additional team, no matter if you're drafting live in Las Vegas or online from the comfort of your own home. We have Football Guys Players Championship drafts filling up each and every day. Take your shot at a half million dollars there, not to mention the best ball slims, the best ball, the traditional best ball leagues, the Terminators. Terminator uh, competition, by the way, kicks off tomorrow as well, or it kicked off last night. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Your weekend, of the high week stakes fantasy now. football hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm in VP. If rap was the game, I'll be in VP. The most valuable is on the MIC. Hey yo, if rap was the game, I'll be in VP. The most valuable is on the MIC. Yo, it's the bus that I get paid. You know, this was a fun draft tonight, but I felt like we saw more fireworks last night with it. You know, the Edwards Alaire thing really set the stage. Yes, yeah, true, for sure. All right, so my prediction tomorrow, after conversations with uh, Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm. Oh, boy, here we go. I feel like we could see some fireworks in the back end of this draft between him and Jeff Manns. Nice. Tomorrow, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, some good personalities. It's, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some good personalities uh, in this draft for sure and some good action. We will wrap up and put a bow on the 2020 FFPC Pros versus Joes competition tomorrow. But that's not the end of our live draft coverage. More on that. Tune in. We'll talk to you at 10 Eastern time tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody.